Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Moralia Python Radio. Uh, tonight, we are joined by Justin Smith and Jacob Lee Bratz from the Herp the Culture podcast. Uh, they'll be coming on in a couple minutes. Um, we are just fresh from Reptile and Chill <laughs> podcast, Owen. Uh, so yeah. We're making some rounds this week. They messed me up because I'm like, I'm downstairs and I'm like cleaning snakes. I'm like, I have all the time in the world. And then you sent me the breakdown of the episode. I'm like, holy shit, never mind. And I'm like, I'm running around. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. you know, I'm like, in my brain, I'm like, I already sat down with my full podcast set up for this week. So, you know. Uh, but no, it was fun. It was fun doing oh, fun. the, it was, it was fun doing the show, doing the, the quiz thing. Um, and it was fun going over the questions and, uh, it, it, it was just it, ragging on all each other. It was, it was a good time. It was a good show. I, I definitely enjoyed it. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I had a blast. Um, the, uh, they still don't believe that if you want to get your, uh, snakes eating, to <laughs> drive them in a car. <laughs> <laughs> they're like what the hell's up with that they they believe this these those silly americans and i'm like but yeah right it works it's, it's like yeah so yeah. but i i didn't know that they're not even allowed to feed live over there or it's some like yeah, weird kind of like resort thing. yeah jesus yeah. so yeah, whatever so yeah if you if you get an opportunity and you're looking for another reptile podcast to check out uh reptile and chill uh they do they do a good job. It's really cool to have that. Uh, they're from the UK. So, you know, yeah. their, their uh, perspective is always uh, cool to check out. And uh, I'm not going to give away who won. Oh, uh, but basically I was, I was just about to <laughs> <laughs> don't. like it was on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's why I said that. Um, okay, good. But uh, yeah, because then they're not going to want to listen to the episode. You got to find out. Yeah, who won, it, you know? So, so but, what it was is there was a contest, well, question contest, which basically means nothing, um, <laughs> but us against from the ground up. And those guys had some hard questions, man. I'm, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> I, I am so glad you and I talked before. The US? Holy crap. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, and the first one off the bat is like spell the uh, scientific name for like, what was it? The... Uh, it was a Burmese python for us. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, all you, buddy. <laughs> like, I, I don't yeah. have this at all. So, <laughs> I guess uh, writing down notes uh, for my entire life since I was a kid about Burmese pythons paid off in that it one. It finally so. paid off. <laughs> my, my day has come. Yeah. yeah, apparently that's how it was. But, no, it was it was a fun time. And it was a good time. And it was cool uh, chatting with them and, like, you know, they had some microphone issues and I'm like, ah, we're not the only ones. So it's like, yeah, yeah it's uh, it, but it was a good time. It was a good, uh, good, good episode. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to take care of a few things. Uh, and then before we get uh, Jacob and Justin on, but um, a couple things. So calendar contest is live. Uh, yep. Where are we at over there on Morelia pick of the week? On the Morelia pick of the week, you go, uh, all the rules are right there. You're allowed to post up one picture per animal. And we did that because there were a few people last year who were like, this is my green tree python. And we literally got like 
Oh, if you move, if you scrolled fast enough, it was a movie of this like snake moving. That's how many <laughs> pictures they posted up of the same yeah. damn thing. So one picture per animal. Now you can enter as many animals as you want. We're telling you is go through your pictures and pick the best and submit that one. That's fine. So, you know, and so far it's up to, it's, it's gangbusters. It's nuts. And we've got a lot of stuff, not only in the categories, but in the any reptile you want category, um, there's some really cool stuff there. Uh, what I would recommend is if you are desperate to get into the calendar, possibly look for the categories where there aren't that many animals in there and go for that one. Because, you know, there are a lot of jungles. There are a lot of uh, green tree pythons, but they may not be that many uh, diamond pythons or inland pythons or things like that. So if you have those animals and you have those pictures, I would go for those. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, so a couple things when it comes to Bowen's yep. pythons, I want to throw this out there. So Ari agreed to do a talk at Tinley park in October. Damn it. Uh, it's the same That's gonna be good. Uh, talk. Yeah. Same talk that he's doing over in, where is he? He's over in Denmark, I think. I think so. He said some, uh, symposium um, over in Europe. Anyway, yeah. his book is going to be coming out, uh, The Serpent in the Clouds. Uh, it's avail- you, can, you can purchase it now, like a pre-copy. Um, pre-order, yeah. Pre-order, yeah, sorry. Uh, Russ Gurley. Uh, so it's $100 ship for the hardcover and $50 ship for the soft cover. So I sprung and got the uh, hardcover <laughs> uh, for sure. So... Um, that's cool, um, and that he will cool. have them available at Tinley Park uh, for uh, you know for sale. Uh, so that's cool. Um, and one other thing I wanted to mention, which you know when he's mm-hmm. been on here before, so he's going to come on uh, the week before Tinley Park, uh, and he's going to talk oh, nice. about the book and stuff. So, um, but uh, Ari's uh, he secured funding for to acquire telemetry equipment, um, oh. which is pretty huge. In the yeah. uh, in the bowling zone. so he's going to be tagging a male and a female, and basically, you know, he's going to see what they're doing throughout the season. You know, because he usually goes there at certain times of the year, yeah. and he's only finding females. I think I want to say he's never found a male. I'm not 100 percent on did, that. But it was like I thought he only found like one boy out of all these girls and stuff like that. So I want to say he primarily finds girls. So, yeah, so th- I mean that's what? huge. It's going to be internal yeah. bladder temperature, daily activity. What are these guys doing? Uh, could huge, you know, could could spread, uh, uh, you know, the whole idea of how to keep these in captivity uh, and yeah. you know, six, uh, to breed them is is going to be uh, is going to be pretty cool. So, <clears throat> so yeah, his normal observations is just nesting and stuff. I think that's the time of year yeah. that he usually goes. But you know, uh, he's going to see it in the day to day, which again is awesome. So that's pretty exciting. Um, and I know we had talked about this. I think when we had mm-hmm. the genetic roundtable, but um, down in Australia, uh, Curly Rutch, I think is the name. Um, yeah. But they had a uh, hypostripe breadlie. Um, yeah. So I figured that I would just put it out there. Now the difference between this stripe is this one is the polygenic type of stripe. It's not the uh, recessive that we know. Gen- genetic stripe. <clears throat> okay. 
Right. So I guess it is possible uh, to selectively mm. breed uh, a polygenic stripe uh, for bread lie, um, yeah. which is pretty cool. Awesome. And then and there's nothing in there's nothing in scrub news because I'm loving how you broke down the uh, um, episode. <laughs> you like person. that scrub yeah. scrub news? Nothing. All right, next. Yeah. So it's, we had the and then, and then last but not least, um, you know our good buddy Bill Stiegel. Uh, I've heard of he's him. He's well known for his uh, green tree, the sickness. Uh, but yeah. uh, he posted up some high yellow chondros the other day that just insane and i know you're not a chondro guy oh no 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 listen i know it. i am not i'm not a chondro but, guy but there is a soft spot for part in my heart for a high yellow just because i really dig all that um the green with a bunch of yellow like i really yeah. like that that contrast yeah. is really what's cool and you know people are like whoa man you know like there's probably one guy right now going no he just hasn't seen the right black and blue. I've seen them. All right. I got it. You know, I have my personal preference and I've always yeah. liked the uh, green and yellow. So a high yellow is awesome. It is not going to make me buy any though. So it's, it's, it's an appreciation. You I don't can appreciate it from afar, that, right? Okay. You're right. I can. When I go to bills, I'll be like, that's pretty. And then I'll leave. Right. So yeah. I think you it's funny how them. we all have. It's so funny how we all have some signature photographs. So Bill's always in front of some flowers. That's <laughs> like his signature. You know, go-to. every time, every time <laughs> I see those flowers, all I can remember is this Carpondro just letting loose on me, like in the garden when we were yeah. at his place that one time. So, but yeah, he always is. I'm like, I have white background. You have black background. Bill has floral. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's whatever. Cool. So. I posted all these over in the chat so you can check it out. Awesome. Along with, I you know I took some updated pics of uh, my available animals, um, but I took two two of them, the freaks. I call them the freaks. Mm. <laughs> uh, they definitely have jag in them, uh, and uh, I definitely have zebra in them. <laughs> yeah, there's there's uh, some in there. They're carpets. Um, I thought like the one that mean they look like a super zebra. The one does, but yeah, I don't know. How Um, would you even tell that? Just breed it to a jungle and see what the hell happens. I don't know. I, to me, I think, I think I, my guess is I think they're the same thing, but Mm. just the natural variation in carpets. That would be my guess, but I could be, yeah, because what else can they be? (laughs) I I, I, I don't know. (laughs) So, it was but, a granite zebra, possible caramel, yeah. to a caramel yeah. jag at granite. So it can't be so, a super uh, zebra. No. Wait. No. Wait. No. No. Can't. No. Yeah, granite yeah. zebra to caramel jag granite at zebra granite. Caramel jag at granite. It's all right. But I think so, the granite zebra could be caramel granite zebra. Could be. Not okay. So you got super caramel zebra jags with granite in there as well. Right? I think so. I don't know. They're not my animals. (laughs) This is my problem. (laughs) I guess. I spent spent two hours on the phone with a bunch of people talking about Exantics this, you know, this week. I can't deal with your shit and mine. Uh, Exantics. (laughs) I did... uh, I I did uh, take... I was telling you before we started, I took... I worked... Basically twelve hours today taking pictures of all the babies to put up to be available. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And this that is, sucks. and this is what happens. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so, well. <sighs> I don't know. What what's going on with you, man? Uh nothing. I'm just trying to get stuff clean and ready to go. Uh uh I I I was going to vend this weekend at Oaks, but then I found out that all the tables were sold out. So, that was a little premature of me. So, I won't be vending. But, you know, I, I will be there uh, for a little bit if somebody wants to need to drop off animals. That's cool. Um, and then I'm just kind of putzing around here getting everything ready. Because, uh, you know, unlike you, I'm not getting ready to go to Chicago in a couple weeks. So, you yeah. know, I don't have a rush. <laughs> so, <laughs> which Coming uh, quick, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you needed me to swing by your place um, because I can and uh, – also, I got to head over to your place because I pick out a um, citrus tiger because you were tempting me with that today, and I'm like, crap, I need they one look, of those before he sells they them. They look all. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I'll get there. Yeah. Cool. Um. So, uh, Justin and Jacob, uh, they're gonna. They've been doing. I don't know how long they've been doing the podcast. I think they have we'll maybe 14 <laughs> episodes or something like that. Um, all right. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're younger guys, uh, they focus on, they talk a lot about Morelia and stuff. They love, uh, you know, Jacob, he's a huge fan of Poplin carpet python. So, you know, immediately no. I was, uh, <laughs> I was sucked in. Um, he knows you. All right. All right. So. <laughs> and Justin is, uh, he's a Condro guy. Uh, but you know, all in all, they, they love Morelia, but, um, you know, the, the show's good. Uh, it's just usually they just started getting guests on. Uh, but uh, for the most part, uh, most of their episodes to date have been just the two of them, uh, you know, just mm-hmm. shooting shit. And you know how like, you know how like a lot of people say a lot of times that they like the episodes where it's just me, you, me and you shooting shit, um, where yeah. we think that's like the worst episodes. <laughs> but, you know, people well, seem I mean, to like those ones. Um, how but can, I can see why, because I dig that. Steve. Jesus. What so, is it? You broke yeah. up. Who what wants, did you say? Who wants to listen to who wants to listen to us talk? There's more interesting people out there. That's what I that's what our thinking is. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh so uh let's get those guys on and let's get this going here. All right. All let's right. click them on. It's spinning, it's spinning. There we are. Justin, Jacob, <laughs> welcome to Rally Python Radio. How you guys doing, man? What's going on? Good guys, how's it going? Doing all right. So, normally how we start the uh, show, I mean, I don't know if you've ever listened to us before, but um, it would be basically, uh, how did you guys get into reptiles? So, I guess, uh, Jacob, if you want to go first, and then we'll head over to Justin. All right, yeah. um, My first encounter with reptiles in general goes back to when I was, Probably, I was between five and seven years old. Um, I made a new friend uh, when I was really young uh, because of my parents. And mm. um, my buddy's dad actually bred corn snakes and king snakes. And mm. um, I remember going to his house and they had just hatched out a bunch of little corn snakes. And I remember walking into you know, their little area you know, with all their snakes, and he actually had a really cool display tank with some of, some of his corn. And um, 
he had some of the babies that he had just hatched and, you know, just the little tank that he had. He let me play with some of the babies. You know, I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. You know, so hmm. from then on, you know, I, I was hooked. I had to have some type of snake. You know, I bugged my parents for years until they actually let me start keeping something on my own. But, you know, back then, that's how it really all started. I didn't start keeping until I was probably about 13 or 14. Um, mm-hmm. because, you know, my dad was one of those people that really was not into snakes at all. He did not want them in the house. Um, so it took me a while and a lot of convincing and being very annoying to yeah. uh, get them to let me start keeping. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's really where it started. Um, and then, you know, once I started, you know, it just, it just took off. You know, it was all I cared about. It was all I spent my free time doing, you know, out in the field, herping, um, you know, I could only keep a small collection for a really long time um, until I had my own space and I could actually start expanding and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, that's really how, how it all started. You know? Cool. All right, Justin, how about you? How did you get your start? For me, I was just, uh, as a kid, I was obsessed with dinosaurs in Jurassic hmm. Park. Okay. And I want I wanted to be Samuel L. Jackson with a cigarette so bad. <laughs> um, he didn't make it through the movie, dude. It's not a good decision there. <laughs> um, but realized, you know, fairly quickly that I wasn't gonna be able to find dinosaurs and keep them. So reptiles are kind of the next best thing. And uh, my dad's a hunter, and he would always be out hunting and stuff like that. And one day he brought home a uh, he came across a two rough green snakes, mm. and. Uh, that's kind of the first snakes I ever had, and that would have been I was probably six or so. Um, and I every you know every other day, every day I was out in the backyard catching grasshoppers and stuff to feed them. And I had those for a while actually. Uh, hmm. And then it was kind of just odds and ends for a while. And then me and my dad were breeding corn snakes from probably 2000 to 2004. Uh, and ever since then, it was I've always had something in the house or you know a handful of things. Um, you know, as of 20, late 2015, early 2016, I just started to start doing it as a business and got into crested and now I'm working on branching out and going back to snakes because there was a point in time where I had a decent sized collection of just odds and ends and nothing real specific. Uh, and then took a break from the hobby for a year, sold everything and then came back to it with the, with the crested and stuff. And, and here I am. So. Awesome. <clears throat> So what what drew you guys to Morelia? Because there's, there's a lot of different things out there. So what was the thing that kind of just dragged you into the Morelia thing? What was that hooked you there? Well, for me, uh, personally, it goes back to when I was really first looking into snakes I could possibly keep. You know, um, I mm-hmm. had to do a lot of research on a lot of different stuff uh, to to basically educate my parents along with myself, you know, in order to, you know, make them comfortable with whatever I could keep. So I researched several different species, you know, along my my journey to actually getting my first animal. And I remember looking at, I believe it was uh, Reptile TV. Um, I was looking through all the videos that they had just because that's what I did. I went on YouTube, did, you know, mm-hmm. everything I could to find whatever I could. Um, and I remember they had a, just a short clip of a jungle carpet. And I yeah. remember seeing that animal and thinking, wow, that is, that's incredible. 
like that's that's what I want. And then I went to do more research on them. And you know, my parents had this thing about you know it can only get so big, you know. And I did all this research and found out that carpet pythons, you know, got you know seven, eight to nine, ten foot. And I was like, all right, well that's not that's not a possibility. So you know, I kind of crossed that off my list. Uh, but as I started keeping and, you know, I, actually, I could actually do things for myself, you know, at this point, um, I went back to carbon pipe and was like, wow, I can actually start keeping these now, so I'm just going to do it. And I got my first carpet while I was actually in college. Um, I traded a couple corn snakes and like 40 bucks for my first carpet pipe <laughs> just to have. And I just fell in love sold my entire collection to, or my, I say my entire collection, like I have, I, I have a lot of animals. I had like four at the time. <laughs> um, so but it was the entire collection, collection still, yeah. <laughs> yeah, technically it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I just, I just dove head first in the carpet pythons because, you know, once after I got that one, that was, that's all I wanted. That's all I cared about. Um, so but after that, I, Nothing else mattered. It was all focused on carpets. And then, you know, once I got, you know, I started keeping more and more of them. I started wanting to branch out into, you know, other species of Morelia and Somalia now as well. Um, so it's just, it's been a, I wanted carpet pythons for a long time, you know, before I <laughs> started keeping for myself and keeping what I really wanted. Uh, so that's really how I came about them. You know, seeing, I think I've, first saw, you know, when I saw that first jungle carpet on Reptile TV or whatever it was, was back in, I think I was probably 11 or 12 when I first came across that. Um, and then, you know, while I was in college, I think I was 18 or 19, I finally got my first carpet. And then, you know, X amount of years later, here I am. Um, yeah, it sounds familiar. <laughs> the longer you're in the hobby, the less you actually keep track. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's self-preservation. We, that's why we don't count anymore. Okay, so yeah. yeah. That's my my girlfriend, uh, my, you know, my parents were like, "How many do you have now?" And I'm like, uh, "It doesn't matter." Yeah. Don't answer that. Never <laughs> answer that question. That's all, yeah. that's all that matters. Yeah, I have the ones. That's good. All right. Well, um, Justin, how about you? What 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 drew you to Morelia? At one point, there was a, I forget the name of the book, but I had a book and it had a picture of a, you know, neonate jungle or something in it. And mm. I don't know what it was about that that kind of drew me to them. But after I saw that, I started looking into them more. And people here in, in South Carolina and probably just in the Southeast in general know the name Alan Bosch fairly well. He did ball pythons for a while. Uh, he's not, he's not in, in the reptile game, quote unquote, anymore. Um, he used to have a, a booth at a flea market in Charleston that I used to go to, when, you know, because we used to go up there all the time on weekends and stuff. And I walked in one day and he had a little baby carpet and I was just instantly, I just, I had to have it <clears throat> and uh, got that and had it for a few years and caught the bug with, with carpets pretty quickly because I realized they, they're just so much more enjoyable to keep than, you know, balls or anything else i don't know what it was i think that that morelia bug is kind of a a special one when it gets you you know it's like mm. i think there's there's not as many species that really get people kind of locked into that that group like carpets do 
Um, and then it was just I had a few off and on over the years. Nothing real crazy. Um, I've never been super big into the morphs or anything like that, but it's uh, carpets are fun. I really like them. Nice. <clears throat> and that was that was that was in high school when I graduated in '09, so that was probably 2007-ish. Okay. Okay. That's right. Well, me and you were starting, Owen. <laughs> Dude, I did, yeah. All right. I'm like I'm correcting my first. Like, but is this what it likes to be? Is this what it's like to be you, Eric? But anyway, um, <laughs> yes. Now you know how right. I feel. <laughs> now we know why these guys are here. Anyway, but um, so what? Can you guys give us a brief overview of what your collections are at now? I know uh, you said they're kind of in a little bit of a flux, but like, what are you working with, and how big are they right now? You want me to start, or yeah. Justin, you want yeah. to go? All right, I'll start. Go ahead. Uh, my collection pretty much, you know, you said it before, it pretty much consists of pop ones right now. Um, I'd say that's about 90% of what I have. Um, other than, you know, I have a, a lot of, you know, just the wild-type animals. Um, a couple farm-hatched, um, a couple wild-caught, some with parents that are all wild-caught and farm-hatched blood. Um, nice. Also working with uh, some exant, or, or I have an exantic female and then I have exantic male. Um, both are you know popping. Um, other than that side of things, um, I do have a trio of coastal carpets currently. Um, I'm kind of on the fence about them. Actually, I'm actually trying to move them at the moment. They're all breeder size. The male mm. is a proven breeder. Uh, the female. One of the females is a proven breeder, and then I have a 2014 female that would be ready to go. But I'm kind of on the fence about them because you know, I want to focus on other things at the moment, um, such as you know scrub pythons. Um, that's you know one of my newer species that I'm trying to get more of and get more into. I currently only have one, um, but man, it's such a cool animal. I really, really like the scrubs right now. Huh. Um, so I'm trying to move them to try and, you know, focus on other things. Um, and along with that, I also have a bread lie. She's going to be, she's a couple years out. She's a 2016 animal, uh, so she's still got you know, some time before she's actually ready to breed. Um, but this season, I'm planning on pairing up. I think I have... Definitely have three females that are going to go, possibly four to five, um, if I end up bringing the coastals. If I end up bringing the coastals, I'll at least have four. Um, I possibly have another pop one that'll be ready to go. Uh, still nice. kind of on the fence about her. Um, it's going to depend. I'm probably going to hold off just to let her get some more size to her. She's a little bit on the small size. Um, but my pop ones are definitely what I'm most excited about. Um, I've got three planned pairings right now, um, three males to three females. I have quite a few others that that are coming up. I have a couple of babies, another male that could possibly go, but I'm probably going to give him another year. Um, one of my pairings is I'm going for kind of a burnt orange look um, hmm. in the babies. The female is the female is 2012. She's sold to me as a Will Leary line animal, but oh. the that's reaching back. Couldn't give me what's that? That's reaching back. I mean, if you start to say Will Leary line stuff, that's 
that's that's reaching back to way far. I mean, um, yeah. Going back to Erickson. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> True story. But uh, that's what that's what this animal was sold to me as. Um, I don't think if she does produce for me, I don't think I'm going to sell the babies as Will Leary lines because. Mm. The lady who sold her to me didn't have any solid background on her, so I'm not going to possibly mislabel something. I'm not about that. Uh, yeah. So I'm just going to sell the poplins. But she's definitely got some nice burnt orange look to her sides. Um, the male I've got lined up for her also has some of that going on. So hoping for some cool-looking animals. Um then along with that, I've got a really dark, uh, I wouldn't say really, I've got a dark female that I've, that's got somewhat of a semi-stripe going on, partially down her back, um, you know, definitely not 100% full by any means, um, but she's got, I've got a male lined up for her that's got a, you know, another good stripe going on. He's got some nice purpling going down his sides. Um, so I'm going to pair them up and see if I can get a little bit of darker stripes going on. Um, and then I have the other pairing that I'm actually really excited about. I got from Rad Reptiles from uh, Ryan Dumas. Oh, yeah. Um, they're, a v- they're a VPI, uh, GQ line, Het Granite, Wildcock. I believe is all the blood behind them. Oh, nice. Uh, they'll both be, it's a male-female pair. Um, they'll both be ready to go this season. So that's something I'm really excited about. The female looks really nice, and the male is just absolutely killer. So hoping they, uh, they'll lock up and give me some, give me some babies. So that's, awesome. That's kind of what I've got planned for this year. <clears throat> um, if the caramel, or if the coastals don't sell, then I'll be pairing a super caramel jag to a caramel to do some you know, bunch of caramels, caramel jags, super caramel jags, um, if that works out. But again, I'm not sure about them yet. So we'll nice. Now I've got nice. a uh, bunch of crested geckos. <laughs> In the, uh, in the <laughs> don't, don't sound so enthused. It's like, you know, I have them. It's like, okay. <laughs> I'm a much simpler man when it comes to these things. Um, I mean, I've got a handful of corn snakes right now that I've, you mm. know, I've picked up off and on over the, the year or two. Uh, I like corns. i got a soft spot for them. Like I said, we did them. We, we bred them when I was a kid, and so I'll always have, yeah. have a soft spot for them. Um, I have a pair of bread both are my female is probably two or three years old. My my male is like fresh out of the egg. Um, oh wow! Got four chondros. They're all bioc types. Um, a pair of Baird's rat snakes that are supposedly I bought them as the Mexican locality. They're starting to look like they actually are, but I won't really know for another probably year. Um, what else? I got a pair of children eye from Andy Grossman, and pair of hog noses. Nice. Um, I got a small copperhead and a sub-adult <laughs> western diamondback. Whoa, now. Those are, wait. <laughs> we, um, yeah, we've skipped are... away from corn snakes into something a little bit more serious. <laughs> yeah. <So>. <laughs> it, it, it has, I, have to, I have to compensate for the crested thing somewhere or another. Okay, oh, yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got you to make up for your can, you know. 
uh, yeah, too many crusty It's geckos hard to be, on. and I'm not like knocking anybody doing crusty geckos, but it's hard to be like six foot four, like <laughs> 280 with a beard and tattoos and come rolling up in a place and be like, yeah, I'd be crusty geckos. <laughs> Little gecko, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I'm missing, what are you missing? What are you missing? I don't know. I don't think I'm missing anything. This isn't my collection we're talking about. This is yours. <laughs> Eric has a couple of time too. Yeah. Yeah. I have uh, I have two more chondros coming in the morning. Actually, I'm gonna pick those up. Luke Myers shipped those out today. Um, nice. So I'm gonna be up to six. Uh, and then we got some Amazon. Me and Jacob went in on some Amazon tree bows from Harlan Wall. Oh yeah, I forgot about those. Uh, uh, those, will, those will come in. I think at the end of the month. Hopefully, yeah. We've been, we've been we've been kicking this can down the street for a while now because the female refused food for a little while, and so we had to hold off. And then he went on a hunting trip, so we're holding off again. And it's no big deal. Like these things happen, you know. I I trust Harlem with with anything, you know. I don't, I'm not worried about them being in the wrong hands, you know, by yeah. any means. But yeah, I'm pretty sure Justin might slightly be in love with Harlan. Um, I don't know yet. But, uh, he, he's been talked about him a whole lot. I do. So. <laughs> I do talk about him. He's, he's an awesome guy, man. He's, yeah. He really is. He's he's an awesome awesome guy. Guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For he sure. gets to hang out with you more. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, like right. I said, I keep it simple. I'm as far as morphs and stuff go, like I, I'm pretty ignorant to most of them just because I don't really pay attention to, to most of that. You know, if you ask me about anything outside of, you know, the basic morphs that, that you see most of the time, I'm, you know, any of the stuff that the guys from Star Python list, I look at it, I'm like, I have no idea what those five genes are, but it looks cool. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't know. I'm a simple man. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all about the chondros. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite type of chondro? Are you more a locality or a look or what? Designer. No. I you know I like the designer stuff is cool. The locality stuff is really cool to me. Like there's no such thing as an ugly chondro. You know they're all they're all cool. And if you're into designers, that's cool. If you're into locality stuff, that's cool too. I I like it all. I don't discriminate. I'm equal opportunity. I'm kind of, kind of, yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Locality for, you know, I, I guess I'm the same way with cart when it comes to carpets. It's like all of them, you know, with a special uh, yeah. leaning towards poplins, but, you know. It's a heavy lean, dude. That, that, that heavy lean. The poplins, I mean, you you lean heavy on the poplins. Like, oh, yeah. it's a heavy lean. Yeah. Yeah, it's a heavy lean. I mean, for sure. how could you not, man? I mean, they're obviously the best subspecies out there, but, you know, that's... Yeah. That's an argument for a different <laughs> show. We don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah. Owen disagrees with no, that I mean, statement. The, I disagree, sir. The locality, yeah. the locality thing is kind of tough, and maybe you know, there's probably there, there, there's very possible there's something I don't know as far as that goes. But I feel like the validity of like 100% pure, like this is the locality, this is that can that only goes as far as the guy that went and plucked it or hatched right. it or got the clearance. So, you know, when people are like, I got these pure whatever, whatever's, and it's like, are you sure, though? And no one can really, like, unless you went and got them yourself. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Like I said, there's, there's probably well, something I don't know there, but... Well, you know, a lot of times, right? a lot of times when they do in the, the locality stuff, you know, wherever it's coming from, sometimes if there's a certain one that's uh, particularly in demand... Uh, all of a sudden, these right. things become, you know, 
whether it's uh, Kofi Ao or Sarongs <laughs> or <laughs> Marokis, whatever you want to call them. Uh, you know, I think, I think that, that for me, it's like we've designated that locality type to have a certain phenotype. And then, you know, like an Aru is a green snake with white, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. even though there's like what, 12 islands uh, in Aru, yeah. you know, so, or mm-hmm. maybe more, I don't know, but, um, and I'm I mean, sure they are. I'm actually, I'm pretty new to the, to the Condor game. I've only been doing Condors now and keeping Condors for probably a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm by no means a, an authority on those. Um, I'll never claim to be, uh, you know, I just, I really like, I must, you know, I got my first one would have been last year and, uh, I'm, I'm hooked. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's hard to beat a chondro, man. It's, I mean, as much as I like popcorn carpet pythons, it's it's hard to beat a jungle carpet. I mean, when you're at a show and you have a table, you know, uh, right now, right now, current 2018 mm-hmm. popcorn carpets don't have that same pizzazz as a jungle does to the normal person. Well, but ten but years from day, now, time, watch out! Day. In time they will. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard people be like, "War." You know, with a little bit of selective breeding and you know, a little bit of time, you know, we'll uh, we'll last the jungle. It's gonna happen. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, When people think uh, carpets, you know, they think jungles. Um, I've got a buddy out in Texas. He, you know, anytime he brings up carpet pythons, you know, I'm always preaching about my poplins. Um, but, you know, anytime he hits me up about carpets, he's like, dude, I saw this awesome jungle. And I'm like, yeah, of course you did. Everybody <laughs> does, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, I, think, I just think uh, on the poplin side of things, I really, I just don't think they've been worked with as much, you know, as or as long as jungles have been, you know, because I feel like people have been breeding, selectively breeding jungle carpets for God knows Ever. how long at this point. Since the nineties. Yeah. Right, exactly. You know, and the, since before I was born, you know. <laughs> but uh, the the poplins I really feel like are starting to make their mark on things, you know, and definitely starting to move up. I keep seeing more and more of them and more people working with them and more people trying to selectively breed them. So definitely think yeah. there's a there's a big future to that side of the uh carbon bike on the world. For sure. One day. For sure. Yeah. Well, I'm screwed. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm in oh. I'm in trouble, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it can't breathe. Them. <laughs> yeah, this is not good. The, I'm the not okay carpet. with this. Yeah. Although they are the easiest carpet to breed, I mean, you just shut them together. I mean, you blow on them by accident. No, like, no, oh, cool it's down. Not, it's not. Stop putting that out. It's false. <laughs> what you're saying is not true. So. It is not false. <laughs> no. It, no. no. Uh, all right. So I, I guess I'm going to ask this question. If you could, you know, what's the most wanted Moralia for you guys? I'll start with you, Jake. What, what's your, your, your one thing that if you could have anything as far as Moralia goes, what would it be? As far as Moralia goes right now, my, my biggest, you know, where where I want to be in the next, you know, couple of years working with a rough scale python. That's my next step as far as Moralia goes. Um, you, know, you know, Somalia, that's a whole other, you know, 
a they count. story. They count. Uh, <laughs> do they though? Yeah, in a way, they do. But we're talking Morelia specific. Uh, right now, rough scales are definitely next on my list. Um, it's a species that I saw. I first saw them a couple of years ago, and I I just thought they were so freaking cool, man. Uh, so that's definitely right now the next species. You know, is going to be rough scales for me. So. Gotcha. Condros. What about you, Jeff? Yeah. Condros? Is there a specific, more, like, more just more? Mr. Blue? Just more. Is it, you, just more. Okay. There's not, like, a specific <laughs> line, line you want? Condros, and I'll be happy with whatever you give. <laughs> just drop off all a right. box of them. You'll be like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> all right. But, I mean, okay. I agree. Rough scales are also, are also on the list. Um I don't know. I just Condros, man. Like that's it. It's all he cares about, man. It's all he ever talks about. Is he's <laughs> I don't know what the deal is, but <laughs> yeah, it seems like uh, like more so than I see with any other you know group of snakes. Like so, all right, let's just put this out. Even though scrubs and and Owen Pellies and you know, Bowens are now in a different genus. We still kind of lump them all together. Yeah. We kind of, why they're in the calendar competition. Absolutely. You know, scientifically, yes, they are separate. A hundred percent. I'm with that. But at the same time, in our, they're not. <laughs> yeah. in our community, well, in the community, it's like, you know what I mean? Like when we have carpet fest, it's, it's the, like, it's an unwritten rule that the Condro rough scale, uh, you know, uh, scrub guys and you know i mean we had uh david means here with his what what was that how long was that scrub it, 12 feet he had 10 footer maybe? yeah he did i don't know he brought a few but they were monsters yeah, um out like the back lawn, yeah you know? yeah so like we had to keep your dogs away from them yeah so <laughs> yeah i <you> know <laughs> but but if, if if there's species that appear in the NPR calendar, we we pretty much lump them in with our corner of people. So yeah. yeah, but there's something about that 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 group that I don't know. For me, what always drew me in was not only the snakes but the people as well. You know, I mean, it was like I think we went through our growing pains where we all like battled each other, and I think we're like through the through that now. It seems to have, don't you think, Owen? Yeah, well, kind of. Well, let's. Let's see what Facebook says next week. I mean, I don't know. So, <laughs> I want to say it's a week-to-week thing. But, you know, it, I would say there was a lot of that. And, I mean, I would also say that the people that are in Morelia now, there are some people that were there when I started, and then there's some people who have gone. Yeah. So, yeah. What do you guys think? You're, yeah, I, you're coming I, in with I a fresh perspective. Yeah, that was that was one thing that really, you know, kind of that I thought was special about the Morelia community is everybody just kind of seemed like a big family, you know, even though a lot of them fight a lot of times and argue about little crap that isn't that important, but, uh, you know, right, I really yeah. think it's cool how everybody really bands together, you know, you know, take carpet fest, for instance, you know, I, I've never heard of any other, you know, group of people coming together to, you know, talk about, you know, one genus specifically, you know, I guess, you know, if you include Somalia, you know, again, we kind of lump them together, but, you know, that's, I think some stuff like that is just really cool about the Morelia community altogether. 
Um, they don't have ball yeah. fest. Does that just sound weird? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it's just stuff like that I think is really cool. Um, you know, like I said, it just seems like everybody's just kind of one big family. You know, if you meet another guy that works with a species of Morelia or Somalia, you know, you automatically can hit it off of them. Um but, you know, I think that's, that's something that's really cool and really special about the Morelia community. It's kind yeah, of funny, yeah. though, because, like, we're, we're from a, we live in a, a fairly small town. It's not, not a major city. It's nothing huge. Um, it, it's very mm-hmm. small. And I've, I've <laughs> become used to, to living my life in this hobby pretty much by myself and not really having anybody to hang out with that's, like, a serious hobbyist. Mm-hmm. And then... The, this fool messages me on Instagram is like, dude, you're in Houston? And I's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, great. Here's another one of these wackos who keeps, like, you know, a savannah monitor and, you know, in, a, like, a 10-gallon aquarium. These are, like, watermelon slices and, like, squirrels he caught in his backyard. And, uh, You'd be surprised how many people are actually like that around here. Like, no, just, we wouldn't. We no, we live in Pennsylvania. Yeah, we would not. Surrounding the keepers around here, it's just, it's, they're all rednecks, man. It, it, it's yeah. Bad. But, uh, but it's funny because then I looked at his, his account and I saw that he kept carpet pythons. I was like, this guy might actually be sane. That's what he has. So is that so what led you guys to start the podcast? Yeah. How yeah, did you yeah, have to I had kind of been kicking around the idea of wanting to do one, but of course I didn't. Have, I didn't want to do it by myself because I'm too socially yeah. awkward to do that alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and so then I, you know, me and him started hanging out a little bit, and I was like, all right, he's not a meth head. He's not, he's not going to murder me or, like, kidnap me. Although that was questionable when you first came to my, my, yeah. old, my <laughs> old trailer. He was living in a trailer, man. I rolled up to that thing to see his collection and meet him for the first time. I was like, I'm getting murdered. I'm like, put me on the <laughs> Waking up in a bathtub full of ice. I know I am. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was my first thought when, uh, he, you know, when he was coming over to look at a couple carpets that I had. And I was like, man, this dude's going to pull through my yard and, and pull right out. Because we lived, you know, in the my old living situation. Yeah, I lived in a trailer. And it was it was in the hood of Beaufort County. <laughs> it, was, it was in a really bad area. So I, I thought for sure he was going to pull up, look at the place, and be like, nah, I'm, I'm not going to leave. I, I did. I straight up rolled up, and I was like, there's no way somebody lives in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I saw, yeah. like, a little face peek out from behind the blinds. Well, that's even better. Two <laughs> <laughs> ladies see me. Yeah. <laughs> but it turns out he was all right, and I said, all right, I'll keep you. Yeah, yeah. It, it worked out nicely. It was funny. Um, I I think I was just riding in the car with my dad one day. I got a new follower on my Instagram page, and it said Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I was like, oh, that's that kind of sounds like he could be from my area, you know, because the Palmetto Coast, you know, that's just kind of what we're known for here in Beaufort County. Mm-hmm. So I went on his page and I saw Beaufort County, South Carolina. I was like, oh, that's awesome. And I started scrolling through. I'm like, oh, another Crested Gecko breeder. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, great, another one of these guys. Uh, but I saw he had uh, a bread line, a couple green trees. I was like, all right, maybe he's okay. 
you know. <laughs> so, I, so I shot him a message and was like, hey, you know, you're from Beaufort. I'm from Beaufort. Let's hang out. Nobody else around here is cool. So, uh, <laughs> so we started talking and, you know, like you said, found out he wasn't a meth head and he was rolled down the earth, you know. He looks like a Sasquatch, you know, but, you know, I, I, I Those don't exist, that, so, uh, yeah, okay, moving on. If you haven't seen <laughs> Justin, when you see, if you ever meet Justin in person, you would reconsider that. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> my, my family's nickname for me is either Squatch, Yeti, or Grape Ape. My God. <laughs> it, it, it fits in perfectly, honestly. Uh, but, yeah, we got to talking, uh, started hanging out a little bit, started talking thanks and whatnot, and all of a sudden he's like, hey. I you said, know. dude, you got a face for radio. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> face for radio. <laughs> yeah. You're the guy. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, we started, like, we didn't have a clue what we were going to talk about. No. Nah. I mean, we were just like, it was literally like I'd set everything up and be like, okay, I think I know how to make this thing work, and just hit record <laughs> and just like, okay, start talking. And then we just <laughs> stare at each other for a minute, and we're like, what do we do? <laughs> so, I'm sure, as you guys know, you know, over time it gets easier, and over time you kind of get used to it, and, you know, it's just, yeah. after a while, you get into the flow of things. But it's uh, it's been really fun. You know, we, we went into it saying, you know, whether we have – five people listening to it or 500 or whatever, like we're doing it because we want to do it. We're not trying to get mm-hmm. anything out of it. We just do it because we like to talk reptiles. And it's like, we already have these conversations together when we're not recording. So it's like, why not just put some mics out and just record these conversations that we have. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, it's fun. Yeah. I mean, so when, when, when Eric and I started, I had like six coastal carpets and that was it. And then through listening to having people come on the show and talk about their passion, uh, my collection has exploded into like everything under the sun, but coastal carpet pythons, and then maybe a few coastals. <laughs> um, have you have you guys had? I know you guys kind of just started to get guests on, but have you had ones on that have maybe tempted you to kind of look at another species that you maybe would have like not even given a second glance to before? I had a rainbow boa before a couple of years ago, and with uh-huh. Riley having all these ones that just popped Well, that was your first mistake. I, there, you know, that man got was, me there was Madagascan hognose. So, you know, I <laughs> yeah, stay away from Riley. You know, that is your first mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but there was, there was a, like a, a half a day long period where I was like, I'm going to get some rainbows. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not. stay focused on like, you know. That's the thing is you know I, the list of stuff that I would like to keep is infinitely long and a list that I'll probably never get through in my lifetime. And I'm okay with that because I've mm-hmm. learned very quickly when you're doing this like as a business and you're actually trying to like sell animals and stuff and you know you have to really stay focused on what you actually want to do, not the kind of stuff you get like a little itch to to try out again or. Uh, you know, Amazon's, I guess, are the exception to that, because I had Amazon years ago, too, and then Harlan posted this this email, and he had a mail that went with it, and I messaged Jake, and I said, dude, we're getting these. Like, send me money. <laughs> I'm like, we're dumping on you. You think we're hot? I'm like, oh, fine. I guess we can get some. I guess that would be kind of cool. They're not poplins, but I guess I can deal with it. Uh, He's like, I've never had them before. I'm like, they fight a lot, but they're a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, his his little his literally his words were okay. Take your scrub, take something that strikes just as much, but is more Make like it drunk true. when he does it, 
and that to Amazon. I was like, all right, I can deal with that. Yeah. But then it's funny because we got that pair, and then I was like, hey, Harlan, you got more females? And he's like, yeah. And he sent me a picture of one. I was like, throw it in the box. We'll take that one too. Nice. <laughs> I, I told him he can deal with that one by himself. I didn't have the extra cash there going on. I actually I so. bought it, and then I was like, when you're ready to send me money, feel free to send me you know, $180. <laughs> I didn't even tell him I was getting it. Hey, by the way, you owe me $180. <laughs> I was like, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> That's all you, man. Uh, yeah, for real. I was like, no, I love man, them. I'm not, no. I like our Boreals, man. Amazon's a fun. Yeah. I miss having them. I'm really looking forward to working with them. Um, I've never been much of an arboreal guy. Uh, you know, for, you know, when I first started keeping, I was all into, I was mostly into colubrids when I first started keeping. Um, and then, you know, when I moved into carpet pythons, you know, obviously, you know, them being semi-arboreal, but I've never really kept a full arboreal species. So I'm looking forward yeah. to, to trying these guys out. Um, I think it'll be fun. Definitely, definitely looking forward to it. I believe that poplin carpets are semi-aquatic. It seems like they spend all their time in the freaking water bowl, man. You know, I don't know if you experienced yeah. that same thing. It's like, I remember when I first got into them, you know, I was keeping coastal carpets and some morphs and stuff, but, you know, I had them and they would just always be in their water bowl. And I'm like, what the hell? Do they have mites? What's going on here? You know, and you're like, pulling them out looking in the water bowl, holding it up to the light to see if there's any black specks in it or whatever. And like, no, nah, it's yeah, good. It's yeah. good. But it just seems yeah, the yours do that. I've definitely noticed that. I've definitely noticed that, especially with uh, my babies, any neonates I get in, uh, they definitely spend more time in the water dishes. Yeah. Uh, but one thing that I've, I've noticed, you know, since you keep, you know, a lot of pop ones, uh, tell me if you would agree with this. Um, from what I've noticed, my babies will perch up a lot. You know, they'll do a bit of climbing. But the majority of my girls, they just want to be grounded at all times. You That's because they don't like you. <laughs> my pop ones love me. Don't even go there. <laughs> But have, have yeah, I would agree with that. Adults, do, they, do they spend more time? More are they more of a terrestrial subspecies when it comes to carpets? Yeah, when I, I so yeah, out of the carpets that I've seen that are actually arboreal um, is diamond pythons. Believe it or not, they are they are pretty arboreal okay. and um, coastal carpets. Other than that, I don't. And, you know, babies will perch, but. Yeah. As they grow older, I don't really see them see them perching too much. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't have like elaborate. <laughs> yeah, I don't have elaborate setups to where you know they're like you know can perch under. You know what I mean? Like there's not like huge variety right. to perch. But one thing that one way I kind of came to this, I guess, assumption I, I could say um, is whenever I go to clean snakes i actually have a it's a kind of a wooden rack that you use for hanging up clothes to dry it's a drying rack for clothes sure and i i I just have it sitting on the side and whenever i clean snakes i put them on it to kind of climb around and do their thing or whatever and all my babies would spend their time climbing around it doing their thing it was fine in my larger coastals you know even you know my larger females they would sit on it climb around stay up there but anytime i would put a pop one on it they'd go straight to the ground wanted absolutely nothing to do with it 
They would go straight down to the floor and go off and hide somewhere. They did not want to climb around, spend no time doing anything like that. So that was very scientific. It is, dude. I'm telling you, man. It, it's, it's a thing. Yeah, yeah. But, I don't really then, get. Yeah, uh... anytime, yeah, anytime I gave you know any adults perching options, even in their cages, you know they they would not utilize them at all. You know, it's absolutely. I don't like it. I would not recommend putting your scrub python on that when it gets older because you will never get it off. <laughs> no, I, I said even as a baby, I have not put it on there. I was like, if I try, if I put him on this thing, there's no way I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting him off without being very bloody. So yeah, when, <laughs> you know, when I first got in this. Yeah, when I first got into scrubs, uh, I lived in uh, my apartment and I had like a spare bedroom where I kept them. And uh, it was just like they would, I don't know, man, like you'd have to use two hooks and like, you know, no matter what, that they would be climbing. They always want to go up and they would be climbing like in the blinds and now they're all tangled up and shit. And, you know, oh, my God, it was a nightmare. (laughs) So... (laughs) Owen, you know that, right? <laughs> yes, I do. It was, you're, it was, oh, it was boy. somewhat hilarious to watch. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. But uh, I don't know what it is, but the arboreal stuff has just always been, like, that's what I've always been drawn to. And I got, next week I actually have a, a pair of Boiga cyania from Jordan Russell coming in, too. That's the first time I've, I've kept that genus. I've been wanting to get in oh, cool. for a really long time. Yeah, those are nice. That's cool. I'd like to get some mangroves eventually too, but I, I figured get, you know, that's the thing a lot of people don't do now. Like they go like go like fall deep in like a certain group instantly. Right. They get at one of everything and stuff. And like so, I was like, man, I want to get some mangroves. And it's like, well, let me keep these for a little while first and like get a feel for them. Yep. Before, like absolutely lose it and just go crazy on these things. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm super excited about those because, like I said, arboreals are never always been my thing and. I've wanted mangroves and stuff forever, but finding captive bred ones that were reasonably priced was a, a pipe dream for a while up until, you know, the last few years, but that should be fun. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So how do you guys, where do you guys fall on the whole, do you keep in racks? Do you keep in cages? What's, what's your approach? Simple, sterile, clean. Okay. <laughs> racks or cages? Well, that's that, that, that doesn't really answer their question. It's just nothing. Yeah. yeah. That's fine, but you can do that in racks of cages. So how about you answer their actual question? <laughs> I don't. I don't do racks currently. If okay. I ever have okay. chondrobates, then I will have to do. I'll probably do a rack. But I, right now, most of my stuff's in tubs. Um, I have a few things that are in tanks, like my children and I and whatnot. But I don't know. I like to to be able to see stuff at the same time. I'm not dropping a ton of money to make a naturalistic, you know, bioactive exoterra that I'm going to have to move my bretoli out of in a year when it's outgrown it, and, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm with like you there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I'd go. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. How, how do you keep? Okay. Racks, uh, cages? Personally, uh, I use racks uh, for younger animals. Um, anything from a hatchling up to, I guess, whenever whenever they would grow out of, you know, a V70-style tub. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'll use rack systems, um, you know, especially for some of my, you know, male poplins, you know, they'll live most of their life in a V70 um, unless they get abnormally large, then I'll move them to something like a 3 by 2 by 12 cage. Um, and then once they, you know, my larger females, um, and even, you know, some of my, you know, I've got a IJ Jag um, that's, he's pretty big, but I mean, I've got him in a 3 by 2 by 12 right now. But I moved him to a cage because he showed that he really like really liked to climb and perch. So if they show me that, then... I'll move them to a cage to give them that opportunity. Um, but if they don't care about climbing at all, then I'll leave them in a rack as long as they don't outgrow it. Um, but once they once they get a little crammed in a V70 tub, then I'll move them to something like a three by two cage. And then you know my big coastal girls are in four by twos right now. Okay. So okay. I, I like I I personally I like rack systems. Um, but one thing that I do with them, you know, especially for my baby carpets, is I actually ordered um, a bunch of perches from um, 3D Design. David, David Brom. Yeah. yeah, I ordered yep, a yeah. bunch of perches from him uh, because I actually recently ordered a couple R, uh, RBI racks from Reptile Basics. Um, and I ordered perches for every single tub, and my young ones really, really, really utilize those perches. Um, so that's something I, I do, you know, give them because, like I said, I do see that the babies enjoy climbing. So I spend the extra, extra little bit of cash to give them that opportunity to do so, and they, all of my young ones, really utilize it. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been working out really well. You know, I use, I like the racks simply for, you know, saving space. But I don't want to save space at the extent of, you know, my animals not being as happy or as or enjoying their environment as much as they could. So I give them that simple option of purchasing. Mm-hmm. Okay. But as far as like, the morality of, like, racks versus vivariums, do whatever works best for the species. Mm. I know, it's right? so cut and dry as everyone says it is. Like, it's like... Do what works for that animal. I mean, yeah, I and you know, know why it, the whole like, rack versus vivarium thing has gotten so out of hand on the internet, but <laughs> it's really not that big of a deal. Because we got to fight over you know, something. I mean, and then you know, it, you know the yeah. other thing. Yeah, right. The other thing too is like I've had situations where I've kept animals some in cages and some in racks, even though it's the same species, just because. Yeah they didn't do good in the cage. So I put them in the rack and then all of a sudden they're, you know, they're doing good. Then I would move them back to a cage and then they're doing bad again. So, you know, and then you post it up and somebody's like, Oh, you're an asshole. You don't care. About, you know? <laughs> oh my God. How could you not <laughs> care about them? Shut up, man. You, you have asshole. like, <laughs> you keep like one ball Python, a bearded dragon and whatever. And all of a sudden now you're the expert telling me, you know, and I'm not an expert, but I'm an expert on my snakes that I have in my snake room. You know what I mean? Like I'm paying well, attention guy, to what, what's going on. The guy at Petco told me rats were bad. <laughs> exactly. Did he tell you that while standing near the tanks? It's so weird, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I, whatever. Right. No, I, have no, okay. I have nothing against natural setups. I have nothing against vivariums. They look really cool. You have way more patience and 
stuff to make that happen because I don't have it. Right. What was the uh, what was the thing, Eric? Uh, you do you, boo boo. So you know. Yeah. That's, what yeah. <laughs> That's my yeah. saying. That was just there. You go. That needs to be the saying in the hobby period. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Everyone, calm down. It's not your answer. Yeah, I find that. I find that like so you have people that can been keeping. So I'm curious on your thoughts. I'm just gonna say this, and then you guys can comment. But you know, you have people that have been keeping for a long time. And they've been dealing with a certain species for a long time and they've dealt with multiple different problems, issues, scenarios, whatever. And it seems like, you know, they get, you know, they get frustrated because they're coming and they're given their two cents and how, what works for them or whatever. And then, you know, then they get ridiculed and beat up and whatever by new people who, you know, uh, you know, they think a certain way or they, you know, they're starting out and this is what they think is the right way to do it. However, I think where another problem exists is that sometimes new guys that are coming into it have a different perspective and sometimes will think outside the box and push the hobby forward. Right. And Hmm. sometimes older guys have a hard time letting go of, of what worked for them uh, for all this time. So it's like, Oh, no, that guy doesn't know anything. You know what I mean? Like I've seen it a couple times that's happened and it's like, yeah, but maybe they do have something there. Maybe, maybe that, that thought that, you know, they're thinking outside the box from a different perspective or whatever is, is what we need to, to push it forward. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, the only way the hobby moves forward is if you have those people that are willing to try and experiment with different things to see if it works. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, You know, as far as Crestids go, you know, I used to follow the uh, the altitude exotic sort of feeding schedule, which was diet, you know, Pangea diet three times a week, bugs twice a week. And that was great for getting babies to adult sizes, uh, you know, within a year. Um, but then I realized once they got to adult sizes, they kept getting fatter and fatter and fatter. Okay. To right. Unhealthy weight. And so after a while, I said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this out. And I cut my entire collection back to Pangea twice a week and no bugs. Um and the no bugs thing was just because I had so many of them, you know, getting mm-hmm. bugs to, you know, 40 baby crested or however many I had at the time, that would have taken forever each week. <laughs> and uh, my dubia collection, I, I developed a pretty hefty allergy to dubias, actually. So if I inhaled that dust, you know, one day I did it, and my throat was, like, closing up, and I was, like, sitting in the recliner gasping for air. And uh, <clears throat> this is... This so, is how I die on on cockroach. Yeah, I was like, I was like, cleaning the roast and some dust or whatever. Death by dude. So I switched them to, to Pangea twice a week, and I did that because a I noticed they weren't eating all of it, regardless of if I gave it to them three times a week, and even when I gave it right. to them twice a week, they weren't eating all of it. Um, and b like they were just getting so fat so quick that I said I got to cut them back somewhere or another because they're just as low metabolism as snakes probably are. Uh, I mean, they're really only active at night. Um, mm-hmm. They spend all their days just sleeping and pretty much staying in one place. So I was like, they're taking in way more calories than they're burning. And uh, so I've been doing the twice a week thing for probably over a year now. And the, uh, the babies are definitely a lot slower growing, but that doesn't bother me either. Cause you know, I just with, with snakes and sort of how the philosophy is going with that, uh, I'd rather wait an extra year or two to have an animal that's ready to breed and be healthier and, and produce longer than, right. you know, play the short game and try and get them to a breedable size as soon as possible. <clears throat> so, 
So it's that kind of stuff. I think we should really just be questioning the uh, what we've known as far as care for a lot of species. I mean, even chondros recently, you know, with that, that Julander Phillip book, um, mm. to me, that was a complete game changer. Uh, and there's still so many people on, on the groups and stuff that, that think that, you know, Maxwell's book is still the gospel. And I yeah. do think there's plenty of good information in that book. Um, I think if you use both together in conjunction on your care, then that's a good way to go. But to say that one is right and one is wrong is kind of, kind of dumb, you know, take, take what you want from both and use that. I, I think you're right on the money there. Cause I think it's where you come into problems is if you accept one school and then close yourself off from all the others, just by going like, this is the correct method and it will never change and there will never be a better method. And I think that's just stupid. So, uh, well, that I think you got to look at the natural history. Exactly. Like that Julian you know, Phillip book just pretty much narrowed down the natural history. It's like, we need to be doing this with like all the species we keep. And I yeah. wonder how much more successful we'd be if we actually did that. Uh, probably more uh, successful than we are, especially with, think about it with species that we have not yet really are able to breed easily in her, her, U.S. herpticulture. I mean, there's always right. the real easy ones to breed, and that's where we always keep end up arguing. But then people kind of seem to be more open to ideas for the stuff that nobody can get to breed. So I don't know. I mean, even like Bowellens, like you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you know, with Ari doing tele- radio telemetry and stuff like that, you know, whatever he finds from that is going to be huge because yeah. it's that kind of stuff that we need to know to, to progress that kind of stuff. And we need the people that are, you know, look at something that's become sort of the, the standard in the industry of whatever corner of the hobby you're talking about, be it ball pythons, crested leopards, whatever, uh, you know, question kind of what's been, what's been, laid down as as this is how it's done and sort of look at what might need to change and what might help and what might not and a lot of people are you know they're scared to quote unquote experiment with their animals um Mm. and i mean you you should you should be cautious doing that but don't be so scared to to try something different to see if it works because i mean if it doesn't it doesn't you know you learn from that mistake but at the same time that's the only way things progress right because the crested gecko thing too, the feeding schedule for that, I really didn't tell a whole lot of people about that. Because I knew as soon as I went on the groups and said something about that, about feeding them all twice a week, <laughs> I'd be lit on fire. Set it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's and and that kind of leads to the next question of like, you know, social media. I mean, it's almost like how quickly or how much herpticulture has changed over, say, the past ten years of what social media has brought to the game. And instead of going on forums and really kind of sticking and gluing yourself with your particular group of experts and guys and girls and stuff that I've been keeping for years, it's the every single person who's ever had one gets a voice. I mean, what do you guys think are some of the pros and cons of that? And where have you seen that take the reptile hobby? Well, personally, um, yeah, I feel like it can definitely it can be a good thing, but also also can can be a very bad thing. Um, you know, I've seen so many different different posts. You know, people commenting, just giving their two cents on basically anything. And you know, I've read something. You know, I'm not going to call out certain things I've seen. Just you know, for the fact I don't want to offend anybody um, that might be listening. Uh, but you know, it, it gives social media. You know, Facebook 
in particular has given basically anybody to say anything they want, whether it be totally wrong or 100% correct, you know. Um, so I really feel like it gives – it's an easy opportunity for a lot of wrong information to be put out and for new people to to hear this, you know, wrong information. But at the same time, it gives those new people – more opportunity to reach out to some of the more advanced guys. Um, it gives that it's easier to get in touch with people. It's easier to, you know, just post anything, mm-hmm. you know, with questions or whatnot. Um, you know, sometimes the questions are a little redundant, you know, a little repetitive, you know, if people would take the time just to read a little bit through some of the, through some of the pages and even do a little bit of, you know, Google research, uh, you know, it, that you know, a lot of the questions that are posted can be avoided, but at the same time, you know, again, it gives it gives people a lot. It's easier for people to get in touch with you know people that are actually more advanced in the hobby. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely see both sides to it to how you know how it can be negative and how it can be positive. Um, but I think overall, you know, as a whole, I think social media in general would definitely help advance the hobby in a in a positive way. At least I sure hope so. Um, you know, there's always gonna be negative sides to to anything, you know, even back when forms were you know, kind of the, the main source of, you know, research and whatnot. Um, but you know, there's always gonna be negatives and positives to it all. But I sure I sure hope social media will definitely take take things into a, a positive direction. I think it's the internet is is singly the best and worst thing to happen to our species. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's kind of funny. I have a theory about the whole forums thing. I think the with forums, I think the the filter of who kind of joined and who didn't was literally the process of signing up. Yeah. You know, before you had to go through and register a username and everything like that, and that mm-hmm. may have deterred people from actually joining. But now you have Facebook. All you have to do is hit join group and right. print. And I don't know. I mean, I, I, I left a bunch of groups recently. Um, they were just taking up so much of my feed. And I was getting tired of watching people argue. I kept myself mm-hmm. in a few, but I don't know. I, I, even the ones I was in, you'll, you'll rarely see me post in a group. You'll rarely see right. me comment. I'll like some stuff. But for the most part, I'm just hanging out in the back. I'm usually a fly on those walls. I just, you know, there's people that are much more experienced than I who can give you much better information than I. If I think there's something I can contribute, then I will. But if I don't have anything to say, I'm not going to pipe up. But now, do you feel that in most – because here's the thing. I rarely ever post on social media because I feel if you want to know what I think about a certain topic, every Tuesday at 9 o'clock, I talk for a number of hours and I don't yeah. shut up. So <laughs> you can probably get it there. Right. Um when it comes to that stuff, like, do you feel that maybe the people who are the loudest on social media are people who shouldn't be the loudest on social media or to a degree. not the most experienced? I, I think a lot of the older guys and stuff, and this is, I heard this also recently, I don't remember where, but they were talking about it and they were kind of mentioning how like the older guys that have been in the hobby for a longer time, mm. you don't see them kind of posting as much. And it's because they're just kind of exhausted with the whole thing. Because, you know, right. they'll post something about someone's setup being wrong or something, and then all these, you know, people come out of the woodwork and tell them how much of a jerk they were because they weren't nice about it or something similar. Right. 
And so, right. you know, you're starting to see kind of a decline of the, the veterans of the hobby kind of commenting and helping out. I mean, there's, there's obviously exceptions. There's people that are completely willing to help Harlan being a, prime example of that. Harlan is very active on social media. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> I, see, I see him post a lot of stuff. But that's kind of the thing about him that I, you know, I admire the most, and I've mentioned this in, in our show before, is, you know, he knows so much and he's been in the hobby so long, but I've never seen him not be willing to help somebody, even if they post something that everyone else is like, wow, you need to just get out. Yeah. You know, he's always there posting and helping out. And that's like, I've, that's something I think the hobby needs more of. Uh, and it's, I don't know, I guess it's so much easier for people to just come on and tell someone how much they suck rather than actually help them out. And I mean, I, there's a lot of times if, if I see something that I, you know, is wrong, I'm usually just going to roll my eyes and keep scrolling just because mm-hmm. I know there's going to be five other people posting exactly what I'm about to say. And it, you know, it's going to happen because that happens a lot. You have someone post a picture of like, what's the idea on this snake? And you'll have one person say, Oh, it's a copperhead. And it will be. But then you have yeah. like five other people right behind them. Oh, it's a copperhead. It's a copperhead. It's a copperhead. And it's like, you saw the one person post that already. Why are like, why? It's, yeah. It's already been, <laughs> the mystery's been solved. It's there. Like, <clears throat> so it's, it's unfortunate that Facebook in particular has become sort of the hostile climate that it has become. Um, I do kind of miss the days of forums. Uh, I wasn't terribly active on a lot of them, but just like the groups, I was there, I was watching, I was lurking. Um, and I think that was kind of what the, the gatekeeper of, of that was, is the whole registration process. And now you don't really have that. And so anybody who's on Facebook can join any group, you know, depending mm-hmm. on how what's moderated and what's not as far as who comes in. Um, right. So, I mean, it's a good and a bad thing. Unfortunately, I think no matter what the medium is, you're going to have that that sort of yin-yang, uh, you know, good versus bad as far as information goes. And it's just, it's a part of the, the electronic ecosystem. <clears throat> yeah. I think uh, it seems to me, I don't know what you guys think, but it seems to me that more and more people are pushing towards Instagram rather than Facebook. And I think maybe yeah. it's because of the way that Instagram is set up. You're really not having that, conversation which is good and bad you know i mean you know i, I guess instagram. the I, i'm on instagram every day for hours right <laughs> it's, I, it's just so much nicer because you know facebook outside of reptiles you get all the political stuff and it, that gets right. exhausting to watch sure um so instagram it's nice because you kind of you follow what you want to follow you see what you want to see you don't see any of the stuff you don't right and it's it's just so much more of a it's very neutral. It's very nice. You know, you don't see a lot of negativity. There's, there are trolls on there, I'm sure somewhere, but I don't see many of them. uh, Yeah. You just, you don't see that same type of vibe. Yeah. One thing, one thing that, you know, I, I like about Instagram more than, you know, Facebook is I think if, if people come across, you know, questions that they may have, say, from somebody's picture that they put on their Instagram account, they're more inclined to message them personally on Instagram and actually have a personal conversation with them rather than going on the first Carpet Python form they find on Facebook and then posting a thread and having everybody and their mother comment on it giving 4,000 different opinions, you know, they can actually mm-hmm. message, they, you know, if you could do that on Facebook, 
But, you know, a lot of people just find it easier to get more opinions on stuff. And, you know, it's good to get different opinions, but at the same time, you're going to get a lot of wrong opinions because, like I said, just anybody can comment on that. You know, so I feel like Instagram really gives – you're more inclined to either, A, comment on the picture that they posted, ask you questions, or just message them personally. Um, mm-hmm. I've always been more of a fan of having a personal conversation with a breeder rather than just, like I said, posting on any forum that I find to get answers. You know, that's what I did when I first started getting into the carpet python world to try and figure out this whole subspecies, different subjungles, coastals, how to differentiate the two, what a 75% IJ JAG means, you know, all the details behind that. You know, I actually messaged breeders personally to get that information I wanted rather than going on Facebook and getting everybody else's opinion on it, you know. Um, so I've definitely been I'm definitely more of an advocate of that. You know, personal conversations, you know, whether it be on Instagram, Facebook, Messenger, whatever, you know, a phone call would be even better. I really feel like people need to go back to doing more phone calls, get more personable, um, and actually having personal conversations between, you know, a breeder, a hobbyist, whatever it may whatever they may be. Um, so I definitely think Instagram is a better platform for that. Um, and I'm way more of a Instagram fan than I am of uh, Facebook. But like I said, like if I want to see chondros, then I just follow chondro people, and that's all I see. Exactly. If I want to follow carpet stuff, I just follow carpet people, and that's all I see. I don't have to see all the other stuff that, you know, family or friends that are, like, to post the the political stuff. And, you know, it just, it's, I don't know. Right. It's much more mellow. It's much more nice. I get to see what I want to see, and none of the stuff I don't. I'm with yeah. you, man. I <clears throat> I agree. Do you think that? Um, but I do think in, in groups, I think we do need to be more patient with the people that have the questions that we. And I know it's hard to do that when you see the same question ten times in a day. Uh, we see it with a lot of in the chondro groups. If you're in those, you know, I just got this chondro from PetSmart or Petco or wherever, and I got it, uh, you know, in a ten-gallon aquarium. It does that and the other. What do I do? And it's like we have to. It is exhausting, and to them, they're not seeing that same question 10 times a day, but we are, and we kind of need to remember that. Right. <clears throat> yeah. It's kind of right. like when you go on to get carpet python groups and you see somebody post, what kind of carpet python do I have? <laughs> you know, how, many times, no! how many times have we seen that yeah. in these groups? You know, it's, I see them at – just about every single day. And, you know, like Justin said, you know, we have to remember that it's not, they don't see that every day. They just got their first carpet python, you know. Um, and, and, I'll, and I'll be honest, when I got my first carpet, I did that. But the difference was I actually messaged a breeder. And I yeah. didn't just post it on a forum, get torn apart by everybody on there, you know. Um, I definitely think people would blow that question a little bit out of, proportion. Uh, I know it's annoying. I get annoyed with it, but I just move on in my day and I don't comment on it. If you don't want to answer it, then don't. Yeah, I really feel like people let that question bother them way too much because I've seen people just get pissed off over somebody asking that question because, yes, it gets asked a million times a day and, you know, but at the same time, you know, it's not 
us getting angry at these people for asking a question like that, you know, regardless of how many times we see it, that us responding the way that I've seen a lot of people, the way a lot of people have responded, it's not helping our hobby and our community at all with being jerks about it, you know. And yeah. That's one of the things about the Concord community I like too is we get kind of similar questions of what I just what I just talked about, and it's pretty rare that you see somebody kind of come on and be like, you know, give some sort of snark or or something. Everyone's usually pretty willing to help them out. And it's just a matter of are they willing to help themselves and actually do what what we're telling them they they ought to do. Yeah, yeah I think for for me, like you know, I've tried to work around that question a number of ways. Uh, you know, one, we did a show on it, you know, and we <laughs> several, we, yeah. we've, we've done it several times and it's like, okay. Um, we've had, uh, it's on my website. Um, it's, it's on other people's websites and it's like, you know, you want, you have the internet, you just Google it. If I Google carpet mm-hmm. python right, right now, right. That seems uh, like a simple the carpet python book will pop up. Yeah. <laughs> Morelli python yeah. radio will pop up. Uh, you know, the website, you know, I spent hours putting together Morelli python radio website, just, you know, just trying to get like a, a hub to where if you don't, cause it can be confusing and you want new yeah. people to come in. You don't want, new, you don't want to turn them away, but you know, I think the problem that I always had with that question is when you answer it, they want to argue with you that you're an idiot. <laughs> I'm like, I'm telling you that it's just a carpet python. Yeah, but they told the guy me it was, uh, told me it was a diamond a python. I know they did. If you don't but... have the lineage, then you know you're not going to know for sure whether it was crossed or whatever. Well, you just want pure. You're a purist, uh, you know, snob and right. blah blah blah. Yeah, it's whatever. Like, what the hell, man? <laughs> Being even, off the rails. I don't even entertain that. I don't even yeah. entertain that. If you know, if people are going to get that banana shape, be like, okay, thanks. You know, Bye. Go, <laughs> go message somebody else about this if you're gonna not listen to what I have to say. <laughs> when you're you know, ready to have a civil conversation, come find me. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could say the same thing about the Condro community. I mean, those guys got so sick and tired of those same questions that they, you know, we had David Newman on the show that went and put together. It was, uh, you know, David Newman and Matt Morris went together and, yep. and did this huge thing of everything you could possibly, every question you could possibly yep. want to know about getting into Condros is right there on the Morelia Veritas forum. But yet, yep, and that link is posted to every person that posts that question. That is like, yeah, there is always someone who says, "Start here, read this." Right. But then we've also had the things where Daniel Natouche comes at you with science and facts at a symposium, and you and I both thought that he was going to get dragged outside and shot. So well, you know, <laughs> it's uh, sometimes people don't want to take it because it flies in the face of what they believed for so long. And I hate to break it to everybody is that, you know, we, we work with reptiles. We are going to have to adhere to certain scientific things. And science is a fickle bitch. It doesn't care what you want. It's going to just, <laughs> you yeah. can't argue with it. It, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, certain if you keep chondros, new information you, comes up. You can't so. see that there's a difference between a Bioc and an Aru. 
then you need your eyes checked, man, because those snakes can't be more <laughs> opposite of each other, man. I mean, you know, one has this huge dragon head, you know, the other one is like this short stubby head and like, yeah, they're the same, you know, uh, the same genus or, you know, whatever, but maybe it's a subspecies, maybe it's a species, whatever you want to say, but, I don't know. You, you gotta be able to see the difference between the two, but in fairness to the chondro community, I mean, back when that's the other thing, like you got to understand the history behind this stuff. And that's what like, you know, I try to like always put out there, you know, the history of the guys that came before me so that that doesn't get lost in translation years exactly. from now. Well, you know what very, I mean? Yeah. Very much wanting to preserve that myself. So that's, yeah. that's the torch so, that like, needs to continue to be carried. And we need to make sure there's people that want to do that. Yeah. yeah, I remember talking to Eugene Bissett about about that when he's bringing in chondros and he's working with these chondros. He, like they never thought about that. There's two different species of these things or five different species of these things. They're just like I'm just trying to breed these two because I just want to try to breed them in captivity and get them established. You know, and you know they didn't have what we have now. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I can only imagine how frustrating it is for them to see somebody come on who just didn't want to Google or read and take the five minutes to actually look something up and instead just come on and be like, I want the answers right now. Yeah. Like those guys spent years of trial and error and failure and everything else trying to just get babies to hatch out of these things, and these people just come on and they're like, I, you know, snap, snap, I want, I want answers, please. Right. <clears throat> and. You know, how do you guys feel about how YouTube plays into this whole thing? I mean, do you think that that has a place? I think I think there's some good YouTube stuff, and then I think I see some YouTube stuff, and I'm like, oh man. (laughs) I think it's great when you're not when you're not making everything clickbait garbage. Hmm. Yes, I agree. There's a lot of clickbait, and I can't stand it. It could be like the most like the a video about chondros and you know, how to keep them or carpets or even, but they're going to have like a picture of like a mouse covered in blood being eaten by the snake. And it's like a baby carpet in the actual video that they're like handling and telling you about. And it's like, why, why do that? What's the point? Right. Right. Well, I got to say, as far as YouTube goes, um, it, it played a big role with me first getting into reptiles. Um, because, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to see what I was potentially looking at. So right. I, uh, I, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed YouTube. I spent, you know, when I wasn't doing school or homework, uh, I, I was on YouTube looking at snake stuff, uh, whatever I could find about whatever it was, whatever I was interested in, you know, I could usually find something on YouTube. And then if mm-hmm. I then I went to Google and let's be honest, you know, any younger 13, 14 year old kid, at least for me, I would have much rather have, I would much rather watch and listen to somebody talk about this snake and read about it because I hated reading. Um, right. That explains but, a lot. Yeah. It, it does explain a lot. You know, I'm not a very, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm not big into reading. You know, now I am bigger into it. You know, now that I'm actually an adult and when it comes to snakes, reading regular books, no, not as much. Uh, but right. when it Just comes reading to, 50 Shades of Grey the other day, I watched it. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I found, I found it under his bed. So we'll just, uh, I need it back when you're done. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think YouTube has a definitely pay, plays a big part in this. And again, you know, as long as it's not a bunch of useless 
garbage, clickbait, whatever, you know, um, if it's really useful information, you know, and because, you know, um, there's a lot of people out there, including myself, that are definitely more visual learners. Um, I can definitely attest to that. You know, I learn a whole lot better about, and that's, that's with anything, um, not just reptiles, you know. I, I'm a more of a definitely more of a visual learner, and I know there's other people out there like that. They have a hard time focusing when they're just looking at a computer screen, reading, but when they're actually listening to somebody talk about it and then seeing it firsthand, that's, that's a whole other experience you know, in and of itself. There's, there's an interesting sort of parallel between YouTube channels and pet stores, like small <laughs> independent pet stores, not a chain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. is people will assume that because this channel has a ton of followers and they crank out videos that get a ton of views, that that's going to be the truth. Same with pet stores. This person owns a pet store, therefore they must know what they're doing. They must know what they're talking about. Like why would they, you know, they wouldn't be in the position they are if they didn't. <clears throat> but right. it's like people need to double, like, fact check the information you're getting. You know, read more than one article, watch more than one video, talk to more people than just the guy that owns a pet store, this kind of thing. Like, just because they, you know, followers and and likes and stuff mean absolutely nothing in terms of what you actually know. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there's, I think there's a lot of confusion there. Like, oh, this person has, you know, 100,000 uh, subscribers on YouTube. Like, clearly they must be an authority on something. And it's like they very well could be. Like, there's nothing saying they couldn't be. But at the mm -hmm. same time, they also may be putting out misinformation and not know it or, you know, be doing it just for the views or whatever. So... There's kind of a, a parallel of sorts there, you know. People assume that because they're they're in a position that would make people assume that they know what they're doing, doesn't necessarily mean that they do. I agree. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Do you think that there'll be something that comes along that replaces all that? Do you think, like, you know, I mean, like, basically, Facebook replaced the forums. You know, do you think that there'll be something in the future that will replace Facebook? I'm kind of terrified if there is. <laughs> I think we'll be able to, to like, uh, go through some type of screen or whatever and then be in somebody's collection and be able That's to what I was know, telling you about somebody's house. One day, here's, yeah, here's I, my, <laughs> my Elon Musk vision for the reptile future is we're going to have, like, reptile shows, but you're going to be doing it from your home in your living room with virtual reality. You put on your headset and you literally like walk through an expo, pick out what you want, and buy it, and they ship it to you. One day. Huh. That's that's creepy. I don't want people virtually going <laughs> into my house. Creepy. You know, no. <laughs> I don't. I don't want. I don't want Eric virtually wandering around my snake but, room at all. But so. the, the pros to that is is that you don't have to worry about taking your collection out. Um, True. You don't have to worry about exactly. getting money. And see, that's a, that would be a huge, you know, thing to have. A if huge plus, yeah. You could virtually, you know, not actually have to be there, you know. Like, guys who live over here in South Carolina could go Ben Tinley Park virtually and then not have to go, you know, not have to travel what? all that way, not have to put your animal through that stress, you know. There would definitely be perks to it, but at the same time, it's also kind of scary to think about that actually being possible. Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs doesn't have to take off his robe to go to the reptile show. <laughs> I'm well, that is you know horrifying. It's like, all right, that's... <laughs> um, but, 
you know, that's but going to Tinley Park, going to the big reptile shows is half the fun. Going to Hamburg and banging my head against the table and wondering what I've done to deserve this is half the fun. You know, that's yeah. Yeah, I know. Going and seeing (laughs) people watching. Yeah. If you wanted to do, say you wanted to do all the, uh, you know, if you wanted to do a show on the West Coast, you could do a show on the West Coast. Um, if we want to do a show on the West Coast, we have to have the cameras rolling and you and me in a car going out to the West Coast with all the snakes and hilarity ensues. Oh, boy. So, you but you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're doing yeah. virtual reality type of deal, you're you're going to be immediately in front of way more people that True. you would not necessarily have been in front of you know um i don't know because this was an idea i saw i i, I thought of it a couple of, well, a couple of weeks ago i was like i'll bet you that's where it's gonna go eventually <laughs> it's not gonna be anytime soon but it's probably gonna happen sure yeah yeah i mean but as far as something replacing facebook i don't know that we go any further than this i think it's pretty much invaded like it's almost become like biologically a part of us at this point, which is kind of terrifying. Like you, it's <laughs> literally everywhere. I just have yeah. no idea where it's what, rewriting where it our could DNA. Go. You know, like where, what is, what could go farther than Facebook and Instagram? Like, I, you know, I feel like the only other steps would be another, another app, another type of Facebook, another form of Instagram. You know, Skynet I, goes live and Schwarzenegger saves us all. <laughs> exactly. Or well, it's not how that movie went, in my opinion. I think a lot of us <laughs> die first. So uh, yeah, in my memory, at least. But um, you can be like a little cool. blonde John Connor. That's Thank wrong. you. That's all I wanted. How did you know? So. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Um, all right. What else should we hit on, Owen? What else you got? You got anything else? Um, I. Or I like I just so, minimized the thing because people are messaging me. So idiot. go ahead, talk. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, so I don't know what. Where do you guys see the whole? Do you see the Morelia uh, market community growing? Is it what's the, what's the vibe you guys get? Do you do you see it? Uh, it's already on the rise. I I one hundred percent see it growing tremendously. Um. Personally, I really hope it doesn't. I I really hope the you know as I should say carbon python specifically. Um, I really hope the carbon python community doesn't grow to be as insane as the ball python community. Um, I, I really no, I hope won't. it doesn't get to that level. Yeah. Um, but it, I definitely see it growing. Um, and I like what I see because I really I see more people seeing you know appreciating carbon pythons for the absolutely incredible snakes that they are, and I also see that with things like scrub pythons. Uh, I see more and more people keeping them and you know realizing that they're awesome snakes. Even though I really don't think scrub pythons are for everybody, they're definitely not um, not for just your average person. Uh, but I definitely, I definitely see more and more people, you know, looking at carpet pythons as, you know, an, an everyday type of snake that, you know, just about anybody can keep. If you're prepared for something larger, look at something like a Coastal or a Bread Live. But if you want something smaller, look at something like a Darwin's or a Papa. You know, there's, they can suit a lot of different 
a lot of different lifestyles, a lot of different people, and, you know, I, I feel like more and more people are starting to realize that every day. You know, you can have a snake that doesn't get huge, but yet has an awesome feeding response, you know, is beautiful, has everything that you want in an easy snake, you know, but it's, it's, it's a python. It's not just a corn snake, you know. It's not something, you know. Uh, but I definitely, I definitely see it growing, uh, getting bigger. But I, I, like I said, I really hope, you know, carpet python specifically. I really hope we don't get to the point that ball pythons are at right now because I think it's, I think it's a little overboard. But that's just my opinion on that. Gotcha. <laughs> I think this is just from seeing the stuff that I've seen on our beloved mothership of Facebook. Um, hmm. Is just that I think ball pythons obviously aren't going anywhere, and that's fine. Yeah. Like, I don't have an issue with that. I don't have an issue with ball pythons, period. <clears throat> but I do think kind of the day of or days of those things kind of being like the thing are sort of maybe on the decline, and people are kind of starting to branch out and starting to look into other things. And like Jake said, getting in the carpets, and people are kind of seeing those and how awesome of a, of a group they are. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I have, scrubs have come such a long way just in the last few years. I, uh, you know, before, I don't remember seeing anybody keeping scrubs. You never saw them at shows. You never saw them online. You know, that 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 group was very small still. But, I, you know, as of recently, it's starting to really, really kind of they're taking off. Yeah. Scrubs are one Which of those nice things they they they, they – Owen and I have seen them come and seen them go. And it's Cycles. like a mm-hmm. core group of people that sort of work with them. The problem with scrubs has always been, is that like you get them. I've done this. Owen's done this. I know a lot of mm-hmm. people that have done this. It's like you, you get them and you're like, you're, you're balls to the walls because they're badass snakes, you know, but you don't realize when they're these tiny little noodles, the commitment that they take when they become full grown adults. And, um, <laughs> right. 14 foot there, pissed off snake will really kind of turn you off it pretty quick. So, you know, I'm just saying. I've been, <laughs> I, I've been, I've been argued. This has been argued with, with about with some of the, the, uh, the scrub guys, but I believe that there should be no difference between what we've seen with retics, what we've seen with even ball pythons. Um, yeah. That you're pulling a snake out of the wild. Yeah. It's going to be snippy and snappy and aggressive, but, some, you know, a few generations of breeding and they're going to chill out. I mean, I remember getting retics in the nineties where they would just eat your face. I mean, today you see them and like their kids are curled up with them. (laughs) It's like, they don't even give it a second thought. Um, so I don't know, but I hope, I hope that, you know, David means is one of those guys that have sort of, uh, you know, David and Chris, those guys, they're they're like they bleed scrub pythons, and I'm glad that they're both back yeah. into it. And uh, I think uh, that their animals are just are just incredible. They, I actually got my southern from from David. Yeah, yeah, cool. See, and yeah, that's I mean, cool though, because I like the fact that there's guys that are focused on like one thing instead of doing like the yes. jack of all trades, master and one sort of thing. Like they have like. Yes their thing like that's all they do that's all they want to do like you want to know anything about that group they're the guy to ask because they'll be able to tell they're you the guy everything you want to know about it. right and, yeah and, and they haven't even know, they haven't even been breeding breeding the past couple of years like their yeah. their big season's going to happen next year is what they're looking at so i mean 
it's only going to get better for that group of animals, in my opinion, or at least be mm-hmm. more out there. Yeah. Even I'm even David ever, they're never going to get big, but they'll, no. they'll yeah. be, they're they're definitely gaining some ground. Well, I mean, they're they're just kind of like there's hard to beat uh, a scrub python. You got the iridescence, the head shape, the head scales. I mean, they're just impressive animals, you know? I mean, they're, they're big, but they're not like thick, but that, you know, I don't know, man, they come in all shapes and sizes and colors and, you know, uh, they're just, they're freaking awesome animals. But um, yeah. David means even him, he's been in and out of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I'll never forget when I first met, I bought my first grub from David, I think in 2009. And, you know, he was like, like when I first met him, I was like, Oh my God, you know, he came on the show, we talked to him and it was like, Oh my God, I'm talking to like the scrub guru. And then there's other guys oh like maybe, you, yeah, you, you may not have heard of him, but like Blake Bauer, he was on like the very first, uh, we don't want to talk about that did. episode. We don't but, want to talk about that episode. But I mean, so. you can't get a guy that's more that's more uh, knowledgeable when it comes to scrub pythons. But he's like non-existent mm-hmm. on Facebook, so like a lot of people don't know about him. But there, there's these guys that that you know, Dave Prada. He was another one. He was big in the scrub. Yeah, yeah. he had a few. But uh, they came and went in and out, you know, and like when David Means sold his collection, I was like, oh, no, scrubs are gone. They're done. There's nobody going to be working with them, man. You know, oh, shit. What are we going to do? So, yeah. You know, and now he's back into it. I think he got in and out like what, three times. And then you got guys like, uh, I don't forget, Dan from DM Exotics. I mean, yeah, he's a big scrub guy, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, as far as importation goes, I really feel like you know Dan Maleri is definitely one of the one of the bigger guys you know in that field. He was when I first started really looking into scrubs, he was the only person I could find anything about them on you know until I got more involved in the Morelia community um, and then found out about guys like David Means, Chris Foley. Um, you know, other than them, you know, Dan Maleria was the only guy I could find anything about them on. Um, right. You know, they're de- they were definitely more of a under the radar species, but something that I found out about and definitely really, really wanted to kind of dip my toe into. Um, I'm by no means going to go balls to the wall with scrubs right off the bat. Definitely something I want to work up to. Um, but yeah, just they are just such an awesome species you know now that uh my my southern has started to become very handleable um he's still very on edge when Mm -hmm. you know you you can tell he's always thinking like all right don't touch me you know don't make any sudden movements that's one thing i try to do (laughs) not move very fast don't make any sudden movements in front of him and he'll be okay for the most part unless you want to get got yeah, you know, yeah, he might yeah. look at my head and be like, whoa, that's big. And then he'll rear up at me, and then, you know, I'll turn him around, and he'll calm down and start moving again. You know, one thing that one thing that really draws me to scrubs is it just seems like, just from handling my, you know, like I said, I, I only have one. You know, I am by no means a scrub guy yet. Um, but, you know, just from working with the one that I have and observing him as much as I have, it just seems like there's there's something more clicking in their head. They just come off as a, a more intelligent species than 
a lot a lot of other snakes out there. And, you know, I could be totally wrong. Could just be the little assholes. But you know, that's, that's yeah. you know just from what I can tell from him. You know, it just seems like that he's thinking more than you know other species. After I, dealing I, with I yours, I can cool. I can attest that they are actually just little. <laughs> yeah, for but, sure. Uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely, definitely see more scrubs in my future. Um, nothing, nothing huge, you know, right off of that. But I'm looking at right now. I really want. I'm, right now, I'm trying to get a female southern for my male. Then I want to try get a, a pair of Nada from um, from Chris and David if they, you know, if they sell any of theirs next year. I'm uh, talking to David. He said <laughs> he said they're hoping to yeah. produce more next season. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, I'll, I'll wait out for that. I'm not gonna get my hopes up for them, but you know. Okay, I can I, I can go ahead and confirm you're not getting any of those this year. So. <laughs> yeah, this year, yeah, this year, yeah, no, absolutely not. I knew that. That was uh, that was yeah. <laughs> so I, next year, I'm not even sure if I could get any this year. And yeah, I don't you know, know if I, you guys uh, know yeah. that Chris and Owen used to be partners, right? And like at one point, Owen well, Owen would have, what? What's that? Oh wait, Chris and oh oh, never mind. I misunderstood. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah well, Chris and Chris I, Foley. Chris is my college roommate, so, right. oh, yeah, wow. if we want to go deep, deep cut, he's one of the guys who got me into snakes, so there you go. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, when I first met Owen, he had all the carpets at his place, and all the other stuff would be at Chris's spot, so we called the one site A and one site B, Cause so we're the nerds. first time I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I show up at site B, and there's just all these big, like he, remember that big Southern he had, he had this huge yeah. Southern. And I was like, it's the first time I ever saw like a real adult scrub Python. And I was like, holy shit, that is the coolest snake I've ever seen in my life. And you're not uh, telling the story, right? You're not telling because you were well, among white lips and scrubs and all this other shit, and you focused on, like, the blonde Burmese python in the corner that, like, could have been at any other show. And you I were do. like, oh, my God. I'm like, are you are you serious? I brought you here to see all this other shit. And you're like, but it's so cool. I almost story. smacked you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. Well, he was holding white lips, and they were biting him in the head. So it was like, oh, Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what white lips do. <laughs> like, oh, all right. I guess, that, I guess that's fun. Whatever. <laughs> but, uh. Man, so um, we're almost done. So I'm gonna have Owen hit the questions. But the the one thing I want to know is like, what's the future of the podcast? Where you guys want to take it? What do you hope to to get out of it? What do you where where do you see the future? When you do seven Wherever years, are you gonna be it. like us? So <laughs> <laughs> we we can only hope, man. If in seven years we're anything like you guys, I'll be damn happy. That, that's all I can say about that. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Man, I think I have no preconceived notions for this. Like I said, <laughs> we, we didn't expect to even bring us here. So yeah, honestly, it was it was crazy, Eric. The day you uh, messaged me about possibly coming on the show, literally probably an hour before that, I was kind of joking with Justin, like, "Hey, man, how funny, how crazy would it be if uh, NPR wanted us to come on their show, Hardy R R? That'll never happen." 
<laughs> Surprise! <laughs> yeah, I later I get a message from Eric, and I, you know, I may, I may have a slightly fangirled, you know, hardcore with Justin when, uh, when that happens. <laughs> but uh, no, it, uh, as far as the future, I think <laughs> I it's think, like, dude, they want us on NPR, and I said, why? <laughs> Well, honestly, you want to know why? The thing of it is, the thing of it is, is like when I see, I, first of all, you know, I know what it's like to, to even just to start something like that. Like, you know, a lot of people talk a good game, but then there's people, there's two, two types of people in the world. There's people that talk about shit and there's people that do shit, you know? So when I see people For that sure. do shit, you know, I want to get behind them. You know, I want to support them. To me, it's like, okay, here these guys are. They're, they're starting this. They're doing it. I was there. There was nobody to help me and Owen. We just had to figure it out. Um, so I want to try to extend that hand, whatever it is, if it means anything at all, to, to, to sort of say, hey, these, these guys are awesome too. Check these out. You know, check these guys out. Check well, these funny guys too, out. At the, at the beginning of the show when you were talking about guests and like how people prefer just the shows with you and Owen, that's mm-hmm. like the exact same conversation me, me and Jake had a couple of weeks ago. So I was like, man, I think people are gonna just going to stop listening after a while if it's just me and you. Like, we got to figure out a way to get people on this thing because they're just going to get tired of us. Right. And I don't I, think so, man. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think, think so, so either. Like, no, I, honestly, as a listener to you guys, you know, I'm listening. I've listened to all your shows. I think I prefer those episodes. Not that it, not that you shouldn't go guest. I'm not saying that at all. You do, you do what you want, but it's like you guys sort of found this groove between the two of you, and you you come up with a topic, and you sort of like just talk through the topic, and it's just like hanging out at a reptile show, listening to some guys. You know, you know what I mean. It's like we we we're at the reptile yeah. show, now we're sitting at the bar drinking some beers, and we're talking shit. You know, <laughs> that's kind of mm-hmm. what it is, and it's like, oh yeah, you know. Um, so I don't know. Jake drinks Zima though. Huh? Jake's a Zima guy, so. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I have no idea what that means. So. <laughs> he was a, you were born in, like, what, 96? Yeah, I was born in 96. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, Eric, you were, like, what, graduating college or something? I don't know. I played with Van Halen <laughs> in 96. You know? Oh, see? Holy there shit. You go. <laughs> Damn. Sorry. Right. Yeah, people, uh, people were, I was telling some people that, you know, we were coming on the show and whatnot. I told them, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of slightly freaking out, freaking out about going on the show. And they were like, oh, why? I was like, I'm just a fetus compared to these guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I am, I'm so, like, low-key low compared to these guys. Like, this is so intimidating to actually be talking with them on their podcast. Uh, but Yeah, I'm don't young, get it twisted, man. That young. Yeah. I'm 27. I'm, well, I'm not that far ahead of him. Jesus. <laughs> you can learn yeah, something from anybody. I love talking to fresh perspectives <laughs> on this thing because you you become I call it you know uh, you know hobby blind or whatever you know what I mean. You're sort of in this in this box and you don't ever step outside that box and you know then you talk to somebody else and they get you you get you jazzed about it again. You know they get you excited about it again. Yeah. You guys and like. You, you you got that bug that me and Owen had, you know, seven years ago when we're like, yeah, what do I do, you know? And it, sometimes it gets grueling, you know, seven years later. It's like, holy shit, man. Are we still doing this every freaking Tuesday? Every freaking guy. What the hell? 50, yeah. 50 times a year? Holy shit, man. But here we are, you know? And, you know, so. Yeah. 
Well, we hope that anyway. we can get the same amount of longevity and loyalty out of listeners and stuff. Like I said, we yeah, have no yeah. plans as far as what, you know, we want to get this and this out of this eventually. It's just pretty much put everything on the table, like set up all the gear, hit record, and then whoever wants to listen to it can listen to it. And if they like it, they like it. Cool. Awesome. That works. All right. All right. So Owen's going to ask this questions. Go ahead, Owen. We have the final questions. The final questions, of course, being, you know, the ones that we ask uh, all our guests. Um, if you could keep any reptile in your collection without limitations, whether they be by law or money, what would it be and why? Okay. Can can I bring up two? Because I have a hard, very hard time deciding between the two. No. <laughs> I I said one. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no, you, can, you can bring up two. <laughs> so. Okay, I'll bring up two, but I'll touch on one and why. Okay, so right. my two, the two would be for me a would be the bull and python, you know, obviously, uh, and then the other one for me would be Apodora python. Um, so the, the Apodores are kind of like something that I would really like to get into one day, but not going to get into that. Uh, the okay. Bolin's Python would be my number one. Um, because, and why? Because there's so, there's been so little success with breeding them. Um, you know, I, I would really just like to put more effort into all that. And, you know, if money wasn't, that would be the biggest thing, you know, for me would be the money aspect of the whole thing. Because if I had no limits on keeping them, I would, I would go all out on a setup, do all the research, find out everything I could and make the most naturalistic environment for for them that I could and just a massive enclosure doing everything to to imitate a wild environment for them to try and really get them to reproduce in captivity. You know, that would that would be my biggest project. Again, if money was no no limit, that that would be my number one project if you fall in spite on. Awesome. Mine would be bush fibers. <laughs> okay. I'm a, I'm a simple guy, man. Like I've I've had this weird sort of obsession, fascination with with anything in the Aetherius group uh, for a really long time. Like I legit, and this is gonna sound so lame, but I'm actually I'm not. I don't even care. On my class <laughs> ring, I literally have. I got a theorist put on my class ring. Like I'll have to dig it out and show you when we're done. That's like I could have anything put on that ring, and like at the time, I was like, I'm getting a theorist put on my class ring. Like obviously, like they're so cool. But mm-hmm. I am, I you know, I would love to, to keep some eventually. I probably never will because I'm, you know, I think if you're going to do exotic hots, I think you need to do it the right way, and you know, have your own anti venom and go through, jump through all the hoops to to do it right. Right, and that's just that's, those aren't hoops that I, I really want to. Is it at the end of it all? Is it really worth it just to have that? Yeah, uh, you know, going through all that just to say you own it and just to say you have it. So I don't know. So my my answer is bush fibers and then chondros. Well, more more chondros. Okay, um, <laughs> it's always, always fall back on that. 
I'm, I'm like I said, I'm a simple guy, man. I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> you can right. get all sleek and sexy with your Boellums if you want, but I, I'm happy with my green snakes on a stick. <laughs> that's, that's like a guy trying to be simple, doing simple yep, things. Yep. Yeah, swing blade. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so now, if you could go herping anywhere in the world, where would you want to go, and what would you be hoping to find? What's your sleek and sexy answer for this, bro? Yeah. <laughs> Give us an exotic location that we talked about beforehand. Well, obviously, you know, me being the Australian python guy that I am, I would want to go to Australia. Of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would, but see, I wouldn't go there hoping to surprise, find surprise. hoping to find a bunch of carp pythons. You know, I would want to find stuff like, you know, taipans. How original. Uh, obviously the carp pythons, but <laughs> you know, find stuff like the taipans, brown snakes, tiger snakes, uh, even some really cool monitor species out there, you know. I'd be willing to find any, whatever I could out there. If I could go out there and herb, I wouldn't really care what I came across as long as it was in Australia. <laughs> awesome. And my underwhelming answer is going to be Mexico. <laughs> All right. I don't think we've ever why had those? Mexico. Yeah. Or Texas. I mean, why those? <laughs> I told I told Jacob this, and he's like, really? Of all the places, that's like that's where you want to go to Mexico? And I'm like, yeah. And the reason, the, the reason for that is, you know, uh, Chip and the dudes from her uh, MX, uh, if you follow them on Facebook or not, but they're like, they have all these awesome species of rattlesnake and stuff in Mexico that I would, mm-hmm. it would be really awesome to go and find, and at the same time, not get kidnapped by the cartel. <laughs> and as far awesome. as Texas goes, I just, I would like to find, I'd like to see gray bands naturally. Fine gray bands. And... Eric, what did you call call your bridge today on our little message thing? You call them dirt snakes, did you? <laughs> dirt snakes? <laughs> yeah. Did you? No, dirt. Yeah. Dirt worms. Dirt worms. Dirt worms. Just, dirt worms. Dirt worms. just to be dirt worms. Just, just to get it straight, Matt called them dirt just, worms. My, I just agree. Dirt worms. <laughs> Matt did it. I just agreed with him. All right. Well. <laughs> my really, it was just a really just it was my just a jump on you. You know what I'm saying? I know. So it's like it's like, you know. I don't. I don't really I just, agree I'd like with that. I'd like to find that, some but... I'd like to find some Mitchell-Eye. just cool rattlesnakes and stuff. And I, you know, I really didn't have a, a very deep appreciation for rattlesnakes until I started having keeping this one that I have now. Uh, yeah. And now I see pictures of them and stuff in the groups. So I'm like, oh man, those would be so cool to have. But probably also not going to happen. I um, I tell you, I do not have much of a desire to try and get my hands on any more rattlesnakes after my <laughs> last my last run in with uh Aatrox. That did not that did not end well. Uh so Well now we've gotta hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, I got bit by a Western Diamondback uh on the next trip to Texas, so too many demons. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Too many well well clearly you made it. You're talking to us, so that's good. No, I don't know. He oh, rolled, yeah. he rolls around in this wheelchair and he like kinda looks at me all cross eyed and stuff <laughs> Yeah, sometimes my left eye kinda quirks to the to the left a little bit and you know, I can't yeah. <laughs> Sometimes oh, I call him Stephen Hawking just for fun. Oh my god. <laughs> all right. So um how how would you guys? How would anybody who's listening uh, want to follow you guys? Where do they go to get your podcast? 
Um, any of your personal pages, information, anything you want to toss out there for people to contact you or follow you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Palmetto Coast Exotics. I also have a YouTube channel. I post on there like once a quarter because I'm lazy. <laughs> okay. Um, you can find me on Facebook if you want to send me a friend request. Uh, Justin Smith. Um, I'm sure we'll have about a billion mutual friends if you're in the, the reptile community. Um, so yeah. you know it's me. <laughs> um, and... You can follow the podcast also on Facebook at the Herpetoculture Podcast. You can uh, subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Um, and that, I mean, what about, what about you, Brock? Throw it, throw it in there. Plug it in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at JLB Morelia. That's, that's about all I got. It's the only social media platforms I, I use. And honestly, I okay. use my Facebook a whole lot. I'm definitely more into the Instagram side of things with that. Um, but I try to stay active on it as much as I can. But yeah, that's JLB Morelia. And of course, you know, the podcast on Facebook is a part of that too. It's not all just Justin. I assure you. Cool. <laughs> it's mostly Justin. And he's the brains of the operation. I just come on to talk. I keep yeah, I call him a diva all the time. He's like, I'm busy like setting everything up every week, and he's just sitting there drinking his drink, watching me playing on his phone. And he's like, Are we ready? I'm like, Yep. Mm, that sounds I, familiar. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> very, very I have, familiar. I have no idea what you're talking about. And whenever I, I bring that. it up. It's, I it's resent that when tone, I, it up. Sir. I don't know. I don't know how any of this works, so I can't really help you. Dude, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not a smart kid. I don't know what you want me to say. If you try to let me do this, I'm gonna mess everything up. You know, I'm not. All I'm right, not that, you, right. That sounds about right. I'm gonna be quiet now. So. <laughs> oh, he's got nothing. He's got nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, nope. Excellent. I have to have babysitters when Eric goes away. So you know, Rob has to come on and watch me. So. Yeah, I don't know what you're going to do when I go to Australia. We already man. told you. I, I'm just I, not I, doing it. I, you know, because oh. <laughs> I'll be pissed. I won't run the sound thing right. Everything will be, yeah, no, not, no, no episode that, that week. Damn it. Oh, boy. Okay. So I'll have to do two everybody. the following week. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, cool. Protest. Well, hey, guys, man, thanks for coming on and, and hanging out with us. Uh, I've had a blast. Uh, so uh, yeah. hopefully you guys did, too. Yeah, um, thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having us on. It was, uh, I gotta say, it's quite the honor being asked to come on the show. It was uh, definitely very cool. Very happy to come on here. Awesome. Our pleasure. And we need more podcasts because apparently we're just going to keep going through game shows with other podcasts. We need rivals. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we need no. rivals. This is good. Yeah, we need competition. So, right. yeah. Cool. All right, man. When y'all already are four hundred episodes deep. I don't even know anymore. They all blend together. Yeah, one, of, one, of, one of my buddies, uh, I was telling him how we were going to come on the show, and he was like, yeah, man, they're, they're, uh, they're a big-time podcast, too. they got to check out the competition. And I'm like, we're not even competition for them. Like, it's not, no. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't look at it like a competition. I, I mean, to me, it's like uh, there would be the more the merrier because yeah, it's like for sure. I want. Oh, there it goes, making my springs, Alan. What the heck? Um, yeah, I told you. <laughs> I couldn't waving your arms around. Show. Damn it! I know. Um, uh, I think that you know, the more that's out there, the better off you know the 
I don't know the reptile community will be because I, I don't know about you guys. Like, I know you were saying you like to visually see things, but like when I'm driving in my car for, you know, an hour a day, I I love listening to podcasts, sure. man. Yeah. It's great. It's yeah. perfect for it. So. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. That's why I told him. I was like, you know, this isn't, this isn't a competition, you know, if you're, nah, man. If you're really in this. And again, and that's, I also think that ties into the Morelia community. It's not a competition to us. If you're going into it with that attitude, you're already losing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. All right, man. Well, uh, yeah, you guys ever want to come back on? Just hit me up, and you know, we'll hang out again. So jump on, yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah, cool. Good guys, thank y'all for having us. Absolutely. Have a good night. See ya. Awesome. Okay, Owen. Let's uh, let's wrap it up and get out of here. We got some cool shows lined up for sure. Um, yeah, I was hoping you. Um, yeah, I, I looked ahead, and uh, I'm excited for next week because I sucked this year at mine. So, um, yeah, next yeah. week we got we got our good friend Keith McPeak. He's coming on, yep. and uh, he's going to talk Walma pythons, and I'm sure we're going to throw in some Emerald Tree Bella talk in there for sure. Did you uh, Did you see the babies? Like the, his Walma babies that he oh. posted up on Facebook? They were gorgeous. Yeah, I mean. And mine, they didn't do shit this year. So it's like, yeah. you know, I'm really hoping to pick his brain about that stuff. So that'll be cool. So that'll be cool. Um, uh, I think uh, the week before Tinley, like I said, we got Ari coming on to talk about the book. Nice. Talk about the talk in Tinley. Obviously, the following week was Tinley Park. Oh, dude. Well, yeah, the, the following week is going to be me interviewing you and Matt on how Tinley was because I had to stay home. <laughs> so, right. you know. Yeah. Um, then uh, we push back the anniversary show. Uh, really, next week is our anniversary show, but we pushed it back a month because Owen, uh, Owen uh, Rob's working I'm on Owen. getting the clips together. Um, here's a cool one that I lined up. In yeah. uh, the end of November, we're going to have a bread live roundtable. Nick Mutton, oh. Austin Warwick, uh-huh. Casey uh-huh. Cannon, and uh-huh. Ralph uh, Polensky. Uh, the cool wow. thing is that Casey will be coming back yeah. from Australia oh, shit, right. for Bread Lie at that show. Yeah. Isn't he going to Tasmania? He's going to Tasmania and stuff, too? I mean, I, guess. I hate I you know. guys. I don't know. I think um, I read that. We'll talk to and Casey, then but the, that is awesome. The following week, the 12-4 week, uh-huh. I'll be in Australia, and I just uh-huh. put Owen uh-huh. question mark. Uh-huh. But now we know how that's going to go. <laughs> and then obviously twelve eleven, I will be returning. I'll uh, be interviewing you and Rob about and how we'll be talking about our trip to Australia. Yeah, so um, I know that and then, Joe and Riley were kind of trying to get me to do a Collierbridge show while you're in Australia, but I don't want to do it. So maybe <laughs> I'll think about it. I don't know. So yeah. And then uh, after that's our holiday show, and then we're off for two weeks. And our, Holy our shit, 2018 dude. is finished. So. Well, when are we going to do the calendar show? Yeah, there's some Crap. dates in there in the middle <laughs> that uh, we can throw in there. Right. No worries. And by the way, right, cool. how could I yep. forget? But Tim Tyndall yep. won Morelia of the Year. You just look oh, at yeah, the freaking cover. Christ, Duh. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like an idiot. And I was you know, like, we are not, today. we're not good at this. <laughs> so, yeah. By the way, everybody, Morelia of the Year gets the cover of the calendar. So Correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you get to come on and vote on next calendar. So, yeah. 
Yeah. So this year we got Tim. So I figured, uh, well, actually at some point where we're going to do is we're going to do the calendar contest. And then I was, we were supposed to have Tim on a while back, but uh, we're going to get him to come back on then and we'll talk some inland carpet pythons. Uh, we killed so two we birds with one stone. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Sweet. Um, so that's what we got lined up. Uh, I'm working on some Condro shows. Uh, Ian Bissell is, is putting together some, uh, some guests for that. Uh, right. to, to pepper in there. And then Rob has a couple people that, uh, you know, he wants to try to squeeze in there. So, um, it's always cool. That's a more of like, uh, I forget who he, who he has, but, uh, there's He's, anyway, he keeps bringing on like the old school herpers that just want to regale us with stories of like wandering through the jungle. I which love that, I'm man. totally cool with. <laughs> I, I love, love it. So, yeah. I mean, that's great. So, yeah. Good deal. yeah. Um, so uh, let's see a couple shout outs that I want to give. Uh, first, I want to shout out to those guys, Reptile and Chill. Um, yep. That, their podcast, those guys uh, doing awesome. And I hope, I hope at this point um, that those carpet, baby carpet pythons are eating <laughs> uh, from the drive around the corner. I want, I want, I want the video that says like they were right. (laughs) (laughs) Those bloody Americans were right. (laughs) Oh my god! It's again. I mean, (laughs) that was the worst. I know it's horrible. Which accent ever for both of us? Just keep moving. Just keep moving. Just keep going. Horrible. (laughs) Bloody hell! (laughs) But whatever. Just go. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Shout out to those guys. Um, I want to give a shout out to Reptilinks because I can't tell you, man, this stuff that that um, it it really gecko scent. There's African soft fur scent. There's what else Mm -hmm. is there? Uh, There's some uh, frog Frog. scent. Um, Yep. There's another one too. But anyway. Um, it like really, lizard, cause there's like gecko, lizard, frog, yeah, lizard, African sulfur. Yeah. yeah. So the, uh, the whole, the whole scent thing, uh, has really kicked, uh, the hobby in my opinion into another gear because, you know, uh, carpets can be, can be picky when they're babies. Um, yeah. To get going, uh, you smash some of that gecko scent on there. Uh, boom. They just, they just nail it, and um, and, and not just you know, carpets, dude. You I know, didn't even I, think I had, about Antaresia, co- well, king cobras. <laughs> I had some corn. I had some corn snakes. I had I had some baby corn snakes. Oh that yeah, that too. And I put that I put the gecko scent on, and now they're slamming pinkies. So it, it's 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 a tool that I think everybody should have in their toolbox because it non feeders can drive you crazy. So I think it's probably good for like species. Oop, I got muted somehow. I don't know. Yeah, why. you did. What'd you do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's good for species like um, uh, hognose. I think yep. uh, that, that's a yep. that's a I good one. My giants. You know? Yep. Um, so you'll you'll be using them for sure. Um, Probably. So yeah, check them out. Reptilinks.com. Uh, definitely worth it. Plus they have you know the actual reptilinks, uh, which were yep. good as well. So. And quail uh, eggs. I got I, I got some quail eggs from them too. So you know they got a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I also wanted to shout out. So, you know, like we're trying to, to nail these people down as, as people that were involved with carpet fest and whatnot, but I wanted to, uh, shout out to, uh, Matt Minnetola, Philly Herp, uh, hmm. because if you are going to be at Tinley park and you're interested in some short tail pythons, uh, 
you have found the guy. Um, sorry. My mic was up and down. What, what the hell's what going the, on? I don't know. What are you doing? <laughs> Craziness it's the worst shout out to Mount e- Matt ever. I, I know. Mean, sorry, you know, Matt. I apologize. Let me Jesus. back out. Billy Herb, do it again. Uh, Matt Minitola. <laughs> if you're going to be at Tinley Park, she's riding out there with me, and now Joe is riding out there with us too. So, uh, um, if uh, if 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 you want to get into short tales, uh, go no further than Matt, especially Borneo. So, uh, I'm sure he's going to have. He has a full table, right? Like. Tons yeah, and tons yeah. of snakes that he'll have available. Yeah. So I think is isn't Keith going with him or vending with him or something like that? I don't remember. I think Keith is involved on the table. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. he's not driving out with us. No, um, no, no. So, but uh, so yeah. No, man, he's got some cool stuff, and he's got that new banner that he showed us. So that's going to be kind of kick ass. Um, yeah, he's getting yeah. high end, man. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I yeah. can't I can't be behind him anymore at Hamburg. I'll look like trash. You're gonna look so. like yeah, white trash, man. Loserville. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the only carpet fest that's coming up anytime soon is the South, Southeast Carpet Fest, uh, but that's not till February. So those guys, right. uh, you got some time there. But um, uh, we'll throw it out. Tinley Park is uh, what three weeks away now, something like that. Yep. So uh, definitely, uh, definitely a cool spot to visit if you're uh, interested in uh, reptile shows. It's probably the premier reptile show in the U.S. I would say. Uh, it is. Would you agree? Yeah. Uh, it it is, so. it, and it's a really cool experience. It's a really good show. I mean. I, I am I am insanely jealous that you guys are going out there without me. Uh, and if you think I ain't sending you with a shopping list, you are crazy. <laughs> so, you know, it's like if you see any of the following, you are to call me immediately. So, right. you know, yeah, that's fine. But uh, it, it, it'll, it's always a good time. And, uh, and I am going to miss seeing everybody uh, that, that I don't normally get to see uh, or the people that I do get to see, but I don't get to hang out with. So, uh uh, if you are on the fence about going and you can go, I would say do it. Uh, and you'll never look at other reptile shows the same way. So it's the uh, uh, unofficial Midwest Midwest Carpet Fest. Carpet Fest. It's, yep, it's the unofficial one. But uh, and if you come up to Eric and say uh, Owen said you'd buy me a drink, he'll buy you a drink. So uh, do that. Um, okay, if you're listening. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> you can't be Eric. You're too tall. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not Eric. I, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I must not be. Yeah. Just yeah. lie. <laughs> okay. So yeah. for us, MoreliaPythonRadio.com is our website. If you want to get in touch with us, info at MoreliaPythonRadio.com is the way to go. You can follow us on Facebook. Uh, page that we have uh, pretty much our unofficial group is uh, Morelia pick of the week. Uh, you can check out all the cool things going on Morelia wise over there. Um, yeah. So there's that for myself, ebmorelia.com. My email is Eric at ebmorelia.com. Uh, you I have Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. I will be at Tinley park. I will be vending at Tinley mm-hmm. park. Uh, like I said earlier, I spent, pretty much most of today taking pictures of all the available animals. Uh, you know, I do have a list that's in front of me. I'll just read off some of the crazy things that I got. Double head for snow, uh, double head, Damn. exotic granites, 
um, which is a dream project of mine. So pure, pure double head exanic granites. I have diamond jungle jags from the gamma lineage and Owen has seen that, uh, my male and it's just unbelievable. Um, Owen has seen the female that he has from that shit. Like, you know, I, I have that girl. I mean, I have to send you pictures of her at some point, but yeah, the fucking killer. (laughs) So um, I got, uh, albino stuff. Lots of albino zebra jags, albino jags, albino zebras. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of, um, I got to get over to see you this weekend before you take a citrus tiger to Tinley that I didn't want you to take to Tinley. So I will finally have citrus tigers available uh, at Tinley Park. Uh, I also have no red dice. tigers. I have poplin, uh, oh. poplin carpet that. pythons that are tigers. Really nice red tiger. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, they, they turned out really nice. Um, yeah, they did. I have exanic poplin carpets. I have head exanic poplin carpets. I have possible head exanic poplin carpets. My I God. Have, <laughs> uh, what else? And then I have a whole bunch of uh, cross head granite stuff like zebra jag head granites, uh, jag head granites, caramel jag head granites, super, what looks like a super caramel jag head <laughs> granite, uh, regular you know, cross het granites, et cetera. So tons of stuff. Some of the things, yeah. Carpets (laughs) carpets go, Um, you know, uh, it it was really hard for me to pick what's going to stay and what's going to go because (laughs) I want to keep everything. But unfortunately, some of it's got to go. You can't, yeah. I will have all that stuff. If you're interested, uh, you want, I'm going to just check out my website. I'm going to constantly be putting the stuff up there. Um, ebmorelli.com, uh, for the stuff I have available. Um, and then, you know, the miscellaneous, uh, classified spots. I'm thinking about, I don't know, Owen, I'm back and forth Mm. about putting, Mm -hmm. uh, putting some money into the morph market. Um, I think I, I think I might try it. I don't, I don't know. I, I get mixed I reviews it. on it. I did it, and I didn't like. You know, I didn't like. Is it a paid thing? But then there's also a free thing. Well, you can do free, but then there's a certain. You know, you're gonna pay for. I guess Dude, I, I don't exactly like, know I, how it works, but there is a there is a pay one, and then there's a free one. I did the free one, and I sold every single animal I put up on the morph market. So enough said. <laughs> there you go. You know, and then uh, you know I paid, and I put a bunch of ads up on King Snake, and I've had things not sell on King Snake for a while, and then all of a sudden they all go. And then I've paid to have this website done, and nothing will sell on the website, and then all of a sudden they'll all go. So, dude, it hedging your bets. If you can list stuff for free, list stuff for free because it's just as good as any kind of paid site, in my opinion. And right. uh, yeah. But if you want to support the morph market because they're doing good work and you want to do a paid thing to give yourself a little bit of a leg up, do it. Why not? Plus, I think yeah. they have a, they have certain things you can get discounts or ship your reptiles and stuff with that, too. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, yep, I got all that going on. If you're interested, you know, hit me up and uh, I can uh, I can I can point you in the right spot. So it's perfect for shipping now. Perfect weather for shipping today. Yeah. It's like that. Uh, I sent out some packages today. Um, so cool stuff. That's all I got. Cool. Uh, what I got is you can go to rogue-reptiles.com. The website is up. It is still being worked on. Uh, but all the animals that are available for sale are up there. Actually, sorry, only a few of the animals that are for sale are up there. 
If you want the full list of all the current animals that are for sale, please go to Facebook.com and look up Rogue Reptiles. Give us a like. Uh, over there, we have the gallery for animals that are for sale. Everything is up there, uh, babies from last year, caramels, tiger jags, uh, coastals from Mona Lisa line, uh, as well as our new stuff, which is caramels, caramel jags, uh, caramels, uh Exanic, we have uh, Exanic, or Tiger's Head Exanic, stuff like that, which are pretty much, they don't really have tiger stripes, but it was a tiger, damn it. So they're up there too. So everything that's currently for sale is up there. I will be adding more as animals have more feedings under their belts as they get their sheds done. So there's going to be more stuff added as well. So in the coming future, we'll have more caramel jacks, more stuff bread lie and uh the papa one stuff that i have over here so yeah um as far as shows uh i will possibly be vending the october hamburg show um i'm still hammering out those details but i'll probably be doing a guest spot on somebody else's table so uh more details as that comes through um that's all we have for everybody tonight well thank you all for listening and we're going to catch everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python radio. Good night.